Hey guys, Colton here. This is the 150th episode of the podcast, as you can clearly tell. Uh, So you're probably wondering why I am starting off the podcast with this solo segment instead of just starting off the podcast normally. Well, we were supposed to read an email at the end of this episode, but uh, time kind of got away from us uh, like it usually does. And um, we just didn't really have enough time to uh, read it at the end of the show, what with... uh, you know, everybody kind of needing to uh, drop off after a recording for so long. So I decided that it might be cool to kind of start off the podcast with an email from a listener, that listener being Rendezvous in particular, from the Philippines, a listener from outside the United States. That's that's always pretty cool. And they wrote, hey guys, I follow Colton from One Podcast Prevails back in 2018 slash 2019, and I'm really glad I did. It's become my favorite manga podcast. I enjoy the variety of topics and people you have on the show, opening my eyes to titles and authors beyond my limited perspective. I appreciate the professional work ethic while still strongly being a fun podcast by fans for fans. I'm proud of the growth that the show has had over the past few years, and I hope it continues for a long time to come, maybe even outliving the manga run of some of the ultra-long-running franchises right now, question mark? More power to you, your fan from the Philippines, Rendezvous. Uh, first off, Rendezvous, um, thank you for listening to One Podcast Prevails in particular. Uh, for those who may not know, One Podcast Prevails is a podcast that I uh, that I host with Doctor from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcasting Network, the SSA Network, ssanetwork.com. Uh, I'm sure Doc will appreciate the early plug. Um, and it's a podcast where uh, he and I talk about Detective Conan slash Case Closed, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we talk about the manga in particular kind of a manga recap kind of show uh where we kind of go case by case i'm really glad that one of my other podcasts uh led to you listening to uh listening to another one of my podcasts usually i have no idea about like what the venn diagram of my podcasts is like and like how much they cross over so it's really cool to see somebody go from one of my podcasts to another so thank thank you for listening to One Podcast Prevails. That really means a lot to me since I, I love recording that show in particular. But also thank you for giving Manga Mavericks a chance. That really makes uh, Lum and I very happy to uh, to hear that uh, we've been able to kind of open your eyes to uh, to a bunch of different titles. In, in, in general, sometimes I, and I might have talked about this on the podcast before, um, some, sometimes I do feel kind of self-conscious that like, maybe manga mavericks leans a little too mainstream like maybe we talk because obviously we love shonen jump and you know that that means that we spend a lot of time talking about shonen jump in particular but i i promise that like you know we like other manga um and it you know just so happens that we we just naturally kind of gravitates towards shonen jump or i should say i naturally gravitate towards shonen jump uh because i love the manga in that magazine so so yeah i'm this makes me really want to try to like, you know, do, do do my best to like try try to try to maybe talk about other manga on the podcast, which, you know, there, there's so many there's so many manga that like I always want to talk about on this podcast. You know, we, we, we keep like a whole like Google Doc of like titles and topics that we really want to do on the show that I'm pretty sure is just never going to run out because. That, that, that's that's my favorite thing about Manga Mavericks is that we're never going to run out of stuff to talk about because there's so much manga 
there's there's so much like legally available manga too to talk about that like will will never we will never run out of stuff to talk about. But but even still, like I'm I'm really glad that like we could we can be a window for you to to discover other manga that you might not have heard of before. I mean, in in general, if if you like us, and I'm look, I'm very flattered that uh, we're your favorite manga podcast. Don't don't get me wrong, but like if you like manga, like if you like our podcast, and you're in you and like you know if you're if you're open to other manga podcasts that like maybe give you like more of an idea of like what's out there, um, you know. Uh, I think Lum and I would probably recommend the Manga Machinations podcast as well, um, hosted by uh, Dakazu, Darfox, Morgana, and uh, Seamus. That podcast I really like listening to in particular because they uh, they talk about so much manga like outside of like the shonen demographic, especially. They very rarely talk about like really really popular stuff, which I actually do appreciate. Like they do try to go out of their way to talk about uh, like indie manga, lesser known stuff. Um, so if you want an even better idea of like what is offered kind of like outside the mainstream, um, I would really highly suggest checking that show out. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in like a future episode, like Lum will probably bring it up in like community shout outs later or something. But like, there's a new podcast called Manga Splaining hosted by, uh, Chris Butcher, Deb Aoki, and David Brothers, along with uh, along with another friend of theirs who works in comics, who I feel bad that I can't think of their name off the top of my head because I'm not super familiar with their work. But uh, basically, the premise of that podcast is they bring their like fourth friend on to who's who's not like into manga almost at all, and uh, they they kind of like for, for, I guess for lack of a better phrase, try to throw them like a couple of softballs in terms of like. Uh, in terms of like manga that isn't like too long, manga that they might specifically use for people who don't read a lot of manga to to try to like get this guy into manga possibly. Um, they've done episodes on like uh, Akira, Delicious in Dungeon, and uh, I think they have an episode coming up on like uh, Mermaid Saga in particular. And so yeah, I, I've listened to a little bit of that podcast. I think it's good. I'm generally I'm interested in like what manga they will use to try to get new people into manga. I think that's an interesting like experiment. So go listen to that show as well. Like um, all, all the all these shows I'm listing, I'll, I'll list in the show notes for this episode in case uh, in case you want to check them out. But th- those are like the other manga podcasts I could think of off the top of my head at this very moment. Where you know if if you're listening to us and like and you're only really getting like. Uh, like suggest like reading suggestions and stuff from us like def- definitely listen to like other manga podcasts if you can uh if you're if you're interested in doing so uh if if you want to get a better idea of like maybe other stuff you want to read and check out if there are other like good manga podcasts out there i try to listen to them you know just just out of curiosity's sake and uh i would really encourage everybody to uh to do the same i'm i'm sure if lum were here uh, recording this with me right now, uh, they'd, they'd have so many other suggestions, but like, uh, if, if you want like a starter pack, I guess, I don't know. Um, th- those are, though, those are some suggestions off the top of my head. Um, but, um, I should, I should probably wrap this up soon. I don't want to go too long here, but yeah. Anyway, th- thank you rendezvous for sending this email. Uh, it, it really means a lot to me that, uh, uh, that you're listening to us and that we can, and that we can open your eyes to other titles that you may not have heard of before. 
that really makes me happy. And yeah, thank you for sending this email specifically to help us celebrate our fifth anniversary. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about it a lot in the show, but like, I, I can't believe we've been doing this podcast for five years. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't get to talk about it a lot, but like, I am really happy that I am doing this podcast and I, I love I love getting to talk about manga with Lum and all my friends, and uh, I, I, I love having a place to talk about manga that I like and, you know, maybe other manga that, like, uh, other people aren't talking about. You know, I, I love having, I love getting the chance to do, like, deep dives into stuff, and I just, I just, I just, I just love talking about manga, you know? It's, it's fun, and, uh... I, I really hope we uh, we get to do it for a long time to come. So again, uh, anyway, like I said, uh, thank you for the email rendezvous. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I, I hope the rest of you listening as well uh, enjoy our 150th episode. And I think we're just going to get right into it. What? This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast from AllComic.com, episode 150! We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a media medicine industry, I'm Colton. And I'm Lamariyasha, and indeed, not only are we celebrating our 150th episode, but also our 5th year anniversary! Can you believe it? Our podcast has lasted half a decade? It is just crazy to think of how far we've come in five years, all the podcasts we made, conversations we've had, and it's been such a pleasure to do. I mean, this has grown so much, and our lives have changed so much because of the podcast, and we're really grateful to all you listeners for joining us on this journey and supporting us for so long. We're also incredibly grateful to all the people who have participated in the podcast and have made it possible, all the guests we've invited on and all the friends we've made. And we have a few of our most frequent guests, friends, and contributors to the show on with us today to help us celebrate. Of course, we have the host of Manga Mavericks at Movies, or co-host rather, Manga Mavericks at Movies, and also very frequent guest, VLord GTZ. Hi, it's VLord, also G's five years. 
That makes me feel old, even though I'm the youngest one on this podcast. <laughs> you don't get to f- talk about being old. Of these three guests here, you appeared first, do you? So you are the oldest appearing. I guess. Well, because yeah. you originally came on the podcast on episode 16. You can never have enough South Park references. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Where we talked about a few goo ranking lists like biggest animated manga fails and worst show gym heroines and the like. God, that feels so long ago. It was long ago. <laughs> it was the fall of 2016, so it was four and a half years ago. Jesus, that was when I was still in college. That's when I started college. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I got an entire degree in the course of this podcast. I mean, same here. I was also still in college when this podcast started. Oh, boy. But we also have, of course, other returning friends, including Sakaki, who, of course, runs the Weekly Shigakukan Edition, Talkback Twitter, and Blog, and is co-host alongside Relord on a number of podcasts like Oversoul, the Shaman King Podcast, Demon Slayer Podcast. Yo, hey everybody. I'm not sure why I'm here, but I'm here, so I'm gonna have make a good make the best of it. <laughs> <laughs> You know why you're here. You're also one of our oldest and most frequent guests. It's and true. you were one of the very first manga fights competitors, too. Uh, I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we wouldn't be complete in our celebration without Maxi Bernard, our foremost Shonen Jump expert, especially of canceled series, host of Friendship Effort Victory. Thank you so much, Maxi, for joining us. I'm always glad to be here and complete your lives. I mean, I, I know it's hard whenever I'm not on, because I'm like the poochie of this show. When oh I'm God. not on Manga Mavericks, people should be saying, hey, where's Maxi? Maxi? <laughs> oh I, 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 I do say that at least once per episode. <laughs> Does that make V-Lord and Sakaki the itchy and scratchy, or...? Yeah, and then you must be the sideshow Mel and Colton's crusty. Okay, I guess. I feel I'm the more over the top one, so I should probably. I don't know. Isn't that crusty? Well, so like. uh, I feel like Colton could do the laugh. Well, yeah, but you're also quite erudite. Mel's also Mm. the more dramatic one. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, people have commented on my uh, very famous gerbil like laugh, so, you know. Yes, it's iconic. Mm -hmm. The inspiration. Behind uh, Colton Jr., the manga-loving gerbil. <laughs> Whatever happened Our to that Our infrequent gerbil? mascot that only shows up occasionally when there's a need to draw him. We need to put Colton Jr. on a t-shirt. Mm. I would buy that. You guys need to make like a Manga Maverick soundboard that you use throughout the episodes that just have like some things keyed up, like Colton's laugh, <laughs> me saying barrage is awful, you know, that sort of thing. You know, we really should. We really should invest in Maxi, something I cannot like that. Ta- I cannot tell you how badly I want a soundboard for all my podcasts. It would be amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but seriously, thank you guys so much for coming on and uh, celebrating our fifth anniversary with us. Uh, I think this is going to be a good time. Yeah, and we are celebrating by going over what is our yearly tradition, our yearly surveys where we ask you, you know, just some statistical questions of what your favorite episodes were, what your favorite guests on the show were. But the twist with this one, because it was our fifth anniversary, the survey encompassed the show's entire history. So fans could vote on every episode of the show, all 
well, almost all 150. And then basically every guest we've ever had on. And yeah, basically just share their thoughts on the show in its entirety over the past five years instead of just in 2020. All right. Um, but I guess we could start off with, uh, and we'll, we'll try not to spend too much time on some of these, but uh, I guess we should kind of go over our demographics at least a little bit. Yeah. And so we're, we start off with kind of some of the, you know, perfunctory statistical questions, including what the general ages of our listeners are. And the last majority, 60% are in their 20s and 35% are in their 30s. And not too much over or under, really, between 20s and 30s is where most of our listeners lie, which makes sense considering we are also in our 20s and 30s. Next, we ask about the general gender breakdown of our listeners, and the majority are male-identifying, about 58%, and then about a third of our listeners, or a little less, 22%, are women, and then we have a few non-binary listeners, and that's basically the demographics makeup, and it's more or less consistent with previous years. I, I think compared to last year, we have the exact same amount of uh, female listeners who have uh, taken this year's survey compared to last year. Yes, though it is worth noting that we did get less participants this time around. So that does affect kind of the comparability uh, because there were less respondents this time. But yes, this does seem about in line with the trends of the past couple of years in general. I am kind of bummed out about that, but also at the same time, I, I think we got enough participants to like give us at least some worthwhile data. I think so. And also, January, this month ended up being one where I think a lot of people's attention were focused elsewhere, you know, yep. and I can... See, you know, taking the survey, there are, there are other things on people's mind. So it is a little sad, but I am still very grateful. We did get quite a lot of respondents nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Look, I don't know about you guys, but I think, you know, the Manga Maverick survey should take a precedence above all else. It's clearly the most important thing going on right now. Oh, yes, totally. I mean, only if people vote for me for, like, best things, so, like, you know, <laughs> then it matters. Otherwise, it's all just a ruse. <laughs> I... Well, moving on, we also asked people where they live, basically, like what country our listeners are from. The vast majority, as to be expected, I suppose, are from the United States, about 70%. And there really isn't a whole lot of crossover between listeners who say they are from other countries. But, you know, we do have quite a few international listeners, and we're very grateful for them, of course, as well. Shout out to the one person who from the UK who is definitely not Maxi, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what, what can I say is um, we're we're all progressively regressing. That's that's a weird way of phrasing it. We're all <laughs> just tumbling backwards into the past. We barely remember how to use computers nowadays. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh no. I also wanted to shout out the one person from Poland who uh, who took our survey as well, who's clearly not Wensleydale Cheddar. No, I was going to no. say, there's exactly <laughs> one person who that could be. 
But we also ask our listeners, you know, where they follow us on social media. And again, as we expected, the vast majority, 70%, follow us on Twitter. But about 20% following us on YouTube. And only one person on Tumblr. So I thank that one person who follows us on Tumblr. But yeah, it's mainly Twitter is where most people find us. I can't, I can't believe anybody follows us on Tumblr at this point. Yeah. I have never used Tumblr before. Tumblr's so. kind of dead. Yeah. <laughs> Tumblr, yeah, it's not really active. I think even the artist community, most of them are just marketed to Twitter. That's where all the action is. But regarding our YouTube channel, we also ask if people are subscribed to our YouTube channel. And about a third are, most aren't. But that, I think, also, I suppose, is to be expected. And that's kind of in line with previous year's results, too. I, I hope one day we can make enough money to maybe hire somebody to manage our YouTube channel or something, because quite quite honestly, it is really hard to keep the YouTube channel up to date while also just doing the po- podcast full time. Yeah, I mean, I am the one who usually uh, manages the YouTube channel and uploads videos and stuff. And yeah, that has just fallen off the wayside. And unfortunately, a lot of the podcasts have not been uploaded on YouTube yet, so I need to catch up on that. So it is regrettable because there are people who do listen to us on YouTube, as we'll discuss, while about 28.6% listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we also have 23.8% of people who listen to us on YouTube. So there are a fair amount of people who listen to us on YouTube, so I do want to make sure the podcast stays up to date on there for those listeners because we do get traction. We, our subscriptions numbers are continuing to climb. We're at like 550 subscribers. So wow. even when we're not uploading videos, we still get people checking us out because a lot of our videos still get traction. So yeah, I, I think that I, I'd hope to return to uploading and catching us up on YouTube soon. In terms of other places people listen to us, they also listen to us on Spotify, about 16%, and All Comic, about 14% listen to us there. And then, not much else do people listen to us. I mean, Google Podcasts got more than one vote, but otherwise, uh, everything else that we had listed here just got one. Even though we're, we're available on many platforms, but it's clear that Apple Podcasts and YouTube and Spotify are like the main, main ones that people check out. Mm-hmm. I was hoping someone would like download episodes and print them onto vinyl just to get like the most authentic <laughs> experience. But this this all makes sense. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> now we're going to talk about something that's very relevant to this topic of celebrating our five year anniversary, and that is when people started listening to our podcast. So the vast majority, it seemed, of the people who participated in the survey and took it. They responded that they first got into us in 2018. About 35% of the responses were people who got into us in 2018. And yeah, I think that was a pretty big year for growth for us, from what I can remember. But we also got quite a few people that got introduced to us last year in 2020. About 25% of the respondents got into us last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2018, I feel like, is probably... I don't know if it's like the best year of our show... Um, then again, I'm I'm not even really sure which year I think is like the best year of our show, but it's pro it's probably like one of the stronger ones. I think we had a lot of really good episodes in particular that year. So yeah, I mean, 2018 was definitely a strong year. In my opinion, the show has improved year over year, but I think that was a year where we introduced a lot of things that has pushed the show into what it is now 
they come more regularly in terms of the type of serial discussions we do, the types of interviews we do, adding segments like community shoutouts and the general format of the podcast and how we cover things. I think that's where the show really came into full stride, I think. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd agree. We did get quite a few people from the early years who responded to the survey, too. About 16% got into us in 2017, about 13 got into us in 2016, and surprisingly, only about 9.7% of people got into us in 2019 uh, responded. But that's, it's interesting, because 2019, again, I I feel like we grow year over year. 2019, I feel, was a really big year. But regardless, uh, I mean, if I look back on the 2019 survey, there was quite a lot of people who got into us that year who took the survey. So, yeah, I think it just might be a reach thing in terms of, like, what people, you know, found the survey and took it. But, yeah, I do think our audience, of course, only continues to grow year over year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now we'll discuss how often our listeners listen to our podcast. About pretty much half, a little over half, listen to us just about an hour or two a month, so maybe, like, an episode a month. And then uh, about 30% listen to us two to four hours a month. And then progressively, just a smaller share of people listen to us for longer than that. But yeah, I mean, at least most of our listeners listen to us about one episode's worked a month. One to two hours a month. I mean, again, I, I could see that, you know, like, I, I could see our show being the kind of show where, like, people probably skip around segments or, like... You know, maybe they listen to specific episodes depending on, like, what series we cover, maybe, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that also falls in line with what people's preferences for podcast length are. The majority, about 45%, prefer just listening to podcasts between an hour and two in length. And about 29% prefer podcasts that are just an hour or less in length. Now, there are some people, 20%, that prefer two to three hour podcasts, but a very small majority prefers three plus hour podcasts. And of course, though, our show, three plus hour podcasts are more common than you'd expect. But I, I do think we are going to try to endeavor to stay in that one to two hour range. On that note, stay tuned uh, for our nearly four hour best of manga episode. Yeah, really, well. really doing my best to try to get that down to three and a half hours, but I'm not making any promises. Yeah, the well, thing is, is you only talked about one comic for that whole three and a half hours. The best of manga, the best of manga, just the one manga, the one <laughs> best manga. <laughs> oh god! But Maxi, what would that one manga be? I mean, we could have probably spent that entire episode just focusing on Chainsaw Man winning every category that we discuss. We probably could have. Oh. That would be that would be good. I was trying to think of like a joke bad answer, and I was like, "Hey, I mean, Arata Primal wasn't that long ago." Just keep you on double weight. Just stop, viewers. That's not allowed here. That's right. Just a whole podcast dedicated to how good Twin Milf is. It's peak of anatomy. An entire an entire episode about E Robot. Anybody remember that one? Yeah. Okay. Not only do I remember it. Uh, no, I've never read it, actually. I only read, like, the first... The Jump Start run? God. <laughs> Terrible colour page. I talked about that on Twitter recently because of my theory about the opening colour spreads. But, my God, it's just a big white space with some colour art of the characters on. It is the pits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do like Ryohei Yamamoto's other series, Love Rush, so I've got to buy and read it at some point. 
Yeah, Love Rush is great. Yeah. yeah. Love Rush is definitely better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, speaking of, you know, people prefer shorter podcasts, but how often do they prefer to listen to our podcast? And the majority, about 41%, say they prefer weekly releases. Uh, one new episode a week. And close behind that, about 35.5% say that they enjoy bi-weekly releases. So, you know, twice a week. And in general, you know, we have, like, varying degrees of frequency more than that. But in general, it seems people prefer more frequent the better. Mm-hmm. Wait, bi- bi-weekly twice a week, not bi-weekly fortnightly? Uh, fortnightly? Like, but we, we mean bi-weekly as in, like, Twice a, tr- a month. Twice I a guess. month, yes. Yeah. Actually, that was an oh, early okay. mistake in the survey is that originally it was written as twice a week, but then I realized the mistake and changed it twice a month. Okay, so this, this is what this is why I love the word fortnight, because bi-weekly just burns my brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe we should use that next time. There were, in fact, though, people who did vote for twice a week and twice a week or more. But I think for us, uh, weekly... And by bi- or bi-weekly is a more sustainable idea. Yeah, I feel like anyone who's actually like voting for you to go and do podcasts twice a week is asking for you two to have a break now. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be making significantly more on our Patreon to devote ourselves to that, I think. Yeah, we would we would have to be doing this full time and be making money off of it for that to happen, yeah. Yeah, we need we need to be like the talking Simpsons guys in our digital. pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, God <laughs> imagine having that talking Simpsons money. Mm. Oh gosh, <laughs> so much Patreon money. It's my dream at this point. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. As 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 far as the release schedule of our podcast goes, we we do at the very least we are trying to stay at least bi weekly, or I guess yeah, like the uh, twi- like uh. Twice a month, yes. Yeah, my brain Once broke down for a second. <laughs> yes, I mean, with the way we have the schedule planned out this year, it looks like we'll end up doing weekly, but you never know what can happen, but we will try at the very least to stay bi-weekly. Yeah, we we've been we've been good. We've been good at doing that so far, but if if we if we needed to slow down production for, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, I, I think we can say that. Yeah, then maybe we'd go back to biweekly. But I, like I said, we we've been doing good on the weekly releases so far. A lot better than I thought we would. Quite honestly, like I, like if you if you asked me at the beginning of this podcast, like like if I could imagine doing this weekly, I would have I would have probably pulled my hair out. But <laughs> we we've been we've been able to like make it work. So like you know that's good. Yeah. Now, in terms of what part of the podcast people enjoy listening to most, are their favorite segment, I think, unsurprisingly, the majority, about 45%, prefer our discussions and retrospectives of manga series. So that's kind of the bread and butter of the podcast. It started as a news show at the beginning. In the beginning, we didn't discuss really series that much. It was just like we reported news and then talked about jump starts. And But now it's really, we are more like, we have a manga to discuss pretty much every episode. We're more focused on that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. People enjoy those conversations the most. But the second most popular category is our discussions of new jumpstarts slash manga simulpops. That has about 16% of the vote. And then interviews is the third most popular with a little under 10% of the vote. And then pretty much everything else was voted for at least once. 
in terms of other categories uh, from the show, you know, like Q&As, discussions of the varying different types of news we cover and stuff like that. Now, that brings us into, though, our next category, which is one of a few questions regarding on how we should approach covering some things on the show going forward. Because last year, we did make a few changes to how we approached covering new series and uh, news and licenses in particular. So the first of these questions is, how do you feel about how we cover simulpost from John John Monk Plus and elsewhere? And we asked people, should we only cover whatever series seemed the most interesting to us, or just cover as many new Simulpub manga series as possible, regardless of publisher? And the majority of people, about 45%, voted for us just to cover what is interesting to us personally. And then 35% said they want us to cover pretty much everything that that is new as a Simulpub, regardless of the publisher. And then... Uh, one of the writing responses was like, cover as many simulpost series regardless of publisher, but whatever series from the publisher that interests you most. So, yeah. I think it seems generally people just want us to cover, you know, what we're interested in. I mean, a lot of people would prefer us to cover everything, but, you know, I don't see our approach changing because generally we are interested in new manga just to check out what they're all about. So I do see us covering most new series that come across our radar. I mean, I think I think part of the reason we wanted to posit this question was because um, I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think part of the reason anyway was also because, you know, uh, a lot of the news surrounding Shueisha, a lot of the negative news, whether it be a lot of the stuff with uh you know, Matsuki and all the other sex pests that unfortunately are a part of the Shonen Jump family and, you know, just everything else had really kind of bogged us down and really kind of made us think like, hey, should we basically should we back off on covering as many Shonen Jump stuff in particular? And I mean, I think at this point we could say like, we don't feel like we should stop covering Shonen Jump because we do like Shonen Jump manga on the podcast. Like we've dedicated whole episodes to Shonen Jump on this podcast. It's safe to say that Lum and I are still huge fans of Jump in particular. Um, but we, but we did want to see like how people would possibly feel about us being more selective about cyber pubs in the future. And I think, you know, I, I think we're going to still I don't know about you, but I, I think we're probably still going to try to cover as much as we can. But um, but I mean, also, like, uh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I will say, I think there's a really big difference. I'm sure listeners can pick up on between when you're covering something because it's new or relevant or worth digging into. And when it's something that's actually grabbed a hold of one of you two and like, you want to talk about it. Yeah. And like that, that level of passion for the things you care about more is like a majorly good part of your coverage of Cyberpubs. So I can understand why a lot of people would rather you focus on that rather than just uh, spread yourselves out on the things that you're just kind of eh, on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the kind of rote stuff that uh, it's newsworthy. So let's, I mean, I feel like, I feel like definitely, you know, there should be more focus on what you're interested in me personally, because there are plenty of places to get news. I mean, it's kind of how I look at yeah. doing stuff for, uh, WSSTV, which is like, yeah, I could talk about everything, 
I couldn't. Please stop me if I ever say I, I'll try to. <laughs> but, like, I couldn't. But it's also, like, definitely the things that are interesting to me. You'll get people based off of that, like Maxie said. More so than if you're just churning out news for the news. There's always going to be somebody better than you. Which is what I've often told people who... I've actually had people come and ask me, like, how did you get TV to succeed? And I'm just like, I did what I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just continue doing what I like and people will find you and be like, ah, okay, this is cool. This person... And they'll be able to sense your passion from it. Opposed to if I try to cover every bit of Sunday news or every bit of news there is... Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be somebody that does that better. So you might as well do what you're passionate yeah. about. <laughs> I mean, you literally showing your passion for Sunday got me to buy 153 straight issues of that magazine. <laughs> so, like... Uh, works, okay, works. so, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really honored right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, no, yeah, I, I guess my point... I mean, look, with... Uh, and we haven't covered this just yet, but we're planning on it. But I think, I think specifically with this new round of Jump manga coming out, I think it's safe to say that we'll probably cover all of those because so far all of them look good. Mm. I, I've got to say, I've got to say, you all better cover Kowloon's Bull Parade, even <laughs> if you hate it, because that <laughs> is baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the first new Jump Sports manga after a drought of there not being any in the magazine. So I think, yeah. Six months for the first time ever in the magazine's history. Six months without a sports series. The real yeah. question is, will it survive the baseball curse? Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, there's not a competing <laughs> sports manga in Jump right now. And it's been a while since the last baseball series. So, you know. Mom, it's supposed to be good. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's good. <laughs> but yeah. Kowloon generic romance has managed to live because it's because it's Kowloon. This is Kowloon's ball parade. This tells me that Kowloon is what the readers want nowadays. Maxi, those seem like very different series. <laughs> They're incredibly different. series. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Colton. No, I was just going to say. I think when it comes to like uh, the Shonen Jump stuff in particular, I even if, even if I don't like every series at first, I still like covering them because I I like having. I, I like it when Lum and I have discussions about, you know, how we feel about particular rounds of serialization and like, yeah, and just kind of predicting based on their quality, uh, based on the quality of the first few chapters, like where they'll go. Like, I, I like I like covering them in terms of like discussing that kind of stuff. But I mean, uh, but, you know, yeah, cause I guess yeah. as as like a magazine, no other simulpub does what Viz do with Shonen exactly, Jump. Exactly, yeah where they serialize everything and you actually get to feel how the publication approaches because you're getting to see the block come out at the same time. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I hope because of that, it doesn't feel like we don't, you know, cover anything else because, you know, Im admittedly sometimes, you know, I, I try to stay on the lookout for new simul pubs from other publishers, but you know, sometimes we might miss one or two. So, I mean, look, if, if there's ever a simulpub that, like, you want us to talk about, but we, like, entirely miss, like, p please feel free to let us know. Because, like, I would, personally, I would like to cover as much as we can. Mm -hmm. But, but also, you know, I, I do, I do totally understand, like, you know, th like, there are very few simulpubs that I'm, like, not interested in talking about, I guess is where I'm coming from. Okay. Yeah. I think generally all of our simulpub discussions have been interesting. We've had things to say, even if we didn't like the series. Exactly. I think the yeah. only type of that discussion that I 
thought was not... Well, even then, I thought we had an interesting thing to say about when we talked about those uh, uh, manga mo editions from Koze Manga, the, the Spartacus one, and then the uh, reimagining the female historical figures as, like, bosses one. Like, we didn't really care for those manga, but I think not we ended really, up no. having, you know, a decent enough discussion of, like, why they didn't work for us. Compared to all of our other Cyberpub discussions, those kind of felt like footnotes, you know. Yeah, in I mean, another, literally, yeah. it was like kind of a short thing we briefly talked about before getting on to like our main discussion of the Mangamo exclusives, which were all very interesting and we had a lot to say about. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess point being, there's very rarely a simul pub that we aren't interested in talking about. I guess so. It's so it's probably it's probably likely that we'll still try to cover as much as we can, but. You know, if there's really one that we just don't have anything to say on, then we'll probably skip out on it. Yeah, I think the next question in terms of things, in terms of what we want to cover, in terms of whether we should cover everything or just what's interesting to us is like more pertinent and kind of interesting. Because uh, the next question we asked our listeners was when it comes to our licensing news, which you refer. So we started doing something a little different in the fall last year we decided you know we got so much licensing news it was getting a little cumbersome to try and cover everything so we thought we would just pick between each of us a select number of titles that we really want to talk about in terms of new licenses and just mention those and then not really mention the other stuff that we really didn't have a lot to say about and this was a really close results, though, because we asked, you know, should we report on every new manga licensed from every publisher or should we report on just a select number of licenses based on what's most interesting to us? And the results are extremely close. Basically, one vote of difference. What has won out just by one vote is us just reporting what's interesting to us. But like literally just one vote behind is like people want us to cover everything. And... I can understand it because I think like a lot of people do listen to our show just to get a roundup of all the news and get tuned into like what it all has been licensed. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even though that news is out there for people to find, like I do know that a lot of people do listen to our show specifically because I like having our show as like a roundup of like everything that got announced recently that they can, like, find out about in just one compact place. I think, you know, for our perspective, just because there is just so much that, you know, there's so many new publishers, so many new licenses constantly coming out that it is hard for us to keep up. Like, as we were talking about, we've taken a break from recording news and we have, like, eight pages worth of things to to report on on the next news episode. So... I mean, for us, I think we're going to continue with the approach of just reporting on the new licenses that are interesting to us. But, like, we are going to make sure that we continue to report on, you know, a lot of different types of titles within that. So we are covering, you know, the most interesting new titles that people should keep their eyes on. And I think, you know, keeping the stuff, you know, we have stuff to say about is the best thing in terms of having interesting conversation because there are a lot of times where like a new series is announced and it's like oh this is another isekai reincarnation type story uh, that is following this same trend we've seen before that that sure sounds like a type of story that we've been seeing a lot of lately and we just don't have a lot to say productively about that pretty much yeah um 
Yeah, see, when I look at the results for this question, this, and I don't know, maybe maybe we'll have to talk more about this off mic about this kind of thing, I don't know, but just this makes me feel comfortable in, because I, this is the way I see it, right? Like, I, I do think we'd be better off continuing our new trend of uh, just reporting on a select number of titles that we have more to say on compared to doing everything, but I do think, like, maybe a good compromise would be, like, you know, if, if we have, like, a small enough number of, like, uh, of single licenses, we might as well just cover them all, you know? But if, if it gets to a point where, like, literally we could do an entire episode on all these licenses that we have to report on, then I think, you know, that that's the point where we have to start being like, okay, which of these do we want to, like, talk about the most? You know, so so I I think I think it's really going to depend on how much we have to report on on any given news episode uh, from this point moving forward. Mm-hmm. Essentially, not drowning in seven seas licenses. Pretty much, <laughs> essentially. <yeah. laughs> so honestly, you know, Yen Press keeps pressing us with their licenses oh, too. Oh God, yeah, making us spend all our yen on their yeah. books. I, I mean, not not to be cruel as well, but I feel like Yen Presses definitely fall more into that sort of isekai without much to say territory when they do their license blocks and seven c's and seven c's falls into it a lot mm-hmm. yeah i mean now that i get press releases for basically all the major publishers it's like every time i get i'm like jesus there's too much manga light novels here like <laughs> you can't really cover yeah. them all easily i mean yan press sends us pretty much everything that we request from them for review copies and they have a lot of books every month yeah they send like a giant like Excel sheet. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, before we move on, I don't know if, um, I don't, I, I guess, I know not everybody on the call here listens to the podcast, but like, I don't, how, how do you, how do you guys feel about like, I guess the way we've been approaching licenses? I, I would, I would really appreciate any direct feedback if you guys have it. Hold on. You guys have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was just a, a Skype a call. A friendly conversation between friends. Yeah, uh, wait, were we recorded? Yeah, we've been secretly recording you guys every time you come on. Oh, wow. God. So my, my, really, my really boring and frank answer is that because you guys have a really thorough timestamp description in each podcast episode like as long as you guys don't mind the labor of covering everything under the sun that you feel like needs to be mentioned it doesn't matter too much because if there's a bit of news that i don't care about i do just skip past it because like whatever you guys have to say about it isn't gonna isn't gonna necessarily make me care no i get that like, yeah. no matter how how much i love hearing you guys discuss these things so because of the timestamps, you know the people that do care can hunt it out the people that don't can move on with their lives yeah, yeah. We, we got we got a comment about those but yeah i i, I think i i think we've done a pretty decent enough job with the timestamps, thankfully so yeah. yeah yeah i mean it it's a lot more than most people do like say that uh another podcast i've listened to for years and years is a uh, western comic book one called wait what that's similarly like two to three hours long a lot of the time and their timestamps tend to cover like what happens within larger sections which is kind of uh, a bit iffy for getting to where you want but it like it it means they don't have to be as particular with how they free flow their conversations but i think the the approach of actually being really granular with it uh, it is definitely a big positive to what I think of as the Manga Mavericks branding, if you allow me to be wanky for oh, a second. Thank you. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I, yeah, we started doing those because, yeah, because we cover so much, we wanted people to like, you know, navigate through the pockets of like everything that we cover so they can, you know, jump to that point to hear what's interesting to them. And not just in terms of news editions, but also in like the manga discussions, whenever possible, like we want to be as thorough as possible, like giving, you know, breakdowns of like everything we discuss within that discussion. So people can also see, okay, here's when we talk about this thing. And so if I want to hear what they thought about this part of the series, we can, I can jump to there to listen to that. Cause you know, from um, like, I, I, I especially like doing that because, you know, from my perspective as a listener on other podcasts, I'm like, oh, when are they going to discuss this thing? You know, I find that really helpful. So I, I do have to come clean and say that when whenever I'm editing and posting, I most of the time just don't really have like I will I will be gr- as granular as possible with the news personally. But when it comes to like our full manga discussions, those I I just don't really have the time to like go through and timestamp specific parts of the discussion. Uh, that That's just me. Um, so I'm, 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 I want to apologize for falling kind of short on those, but I do try to make up for it with literally everything else. So think of the bright side, Colton, you're not like the terrible <laughs> demon slayer podcast. That doesn't do spend six hours recording because three of those will be just us like pissing away time before we record. And then <laughs> and a good chunk of that's talking about Shonen Sunday. Exactly. Which is why at this point, it's just kind of like, I don't know why you guys invited me to be a part of it. I'm not there to talk about Demon Slayer. I'm there to sell Shonen Sunday. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. I don't care about manga Mavericks. All I care about is Sunday. Coming on a parties for a Shonen Jump series just to show sh- the much better Shonen Sunday series. I mean, it's it's not wrong though. I mean, look at Sobote. Look at our exactly. King, That's Fujita. I'm just here. I'm here as a Sunday sleeper agent, and I'm just here. <laughs> the worst part is, as soon as you said Sunday, I was going to be like, oh yeah, I had the tenth volume of Komi Can't Communicate turn up today, so it's like, yeah, it's proper man baggy Mumiko hours right now. <laughs> but it's like, no, don't get distracted. Stay focused on manga Mavericks. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't be Manga Mavericks without a conversation when Sakaki and Max are on board derailing into a conversation about Shonen Sunday? Just like that Sleepy Princess episode. I mean, I I hate to say it, but we've been talking about Sunday on your podcast for years, and do you know what's not been cancelled yet? The Ninth Wave. (laughs) Oh my god, it all makes sense now. (laughs) I've got got volumes 10 through... 13, 14, I think, turning up tomorrow, and I'm very excited. Max, you're just keeping that series alive at this point. (laughs) I am the whole audience for that comment. You are, because sometimes when I'm doing the thread, I'll just cover it for you. I'm not kidding. I'll just be like, you know what, I think Maxie would find this interesting. (laughs) Everyone else in the thread, they they don't even see the tweet, it's just like a blank space for them, but for me, it it glows. I'm like, yes, show me the fish. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, but uh, just just to kind of end this part of the show, like, but b- bottom line, we are going to try to cover what we can as far as licenses go, and I think that's the best we can hope for. Yes, I think so too.
But now we're going to move on to kind of the bread and butter in this podcast, the stuff everyone's been waiting for, the favorites categories, where we're going to talk about what the fan favorite thumbnails, intro skits, episodes of the show, all the various shows on the Demon Umbrella, and guests, and so much more. You know, this is like the, the big stuff we wanted to hear people's feedback on in order to celebrate our fifth anniversary. And we'll start off with favorite podcast thumbnails. And um, basically since... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, should we should we start with our guests first or should we go to the results? Uh, actually, yes. So, yes, let's actually go around and share our, our favorite Mongomarix thumbnails. So we, of course, have been doing like Photoshop thumbnails in the early years of the show. We started with like episode 16-ish, I remember. That was like the first one we had. Uh, where I edited like a Photoshop thumbnail for the show and then we continued on for there. But then starting in 2018 is when we added drawn thumbnails, where I started drawing original thumbnails and illustrations for the show. And so we included basically all those originally drawn thumbnails in the survey for people to vote on. And there are over 50 of them. So basically uh, from... Are 150 episodes, and basically a third of them have them. And while the originally drawn thumbnails were a little inconsistent in 2018 and 2019, in 2020, pretty much every episode had originally drawn thumbnails. With some exceptions, pretty much every episode had them. So I was very glad to be able to keep them up for the entirety of last year and create a lot of cool uh, original drawings for the show. So, yeah, I guess, you know, if anyone has, like, their favorite thumbnails, uh, both, like, these originally drawn ones or even the Photoshop ones, uh, I mean, guess we can talk about them. Yeah, I, I, I can go first, I guess. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, my number one's Booty Bat, easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I mean, that's so good. Uh, we use it for the Patreon feed t- podcast uh, thumbnail. Yeah, so, I noticed that. Yeah. yeah, I just really like that one. It's really nice. Plus, I think that episode itself, like, it's also really good. Mm-hmm. So oh, it kind yeah. of accentuates it. Yeah, for sure. Because sure. yeah. I think that was like Aiden's first episode. Yeah, it right? was. Yeah, we brought him on to talk about the new Akira Saw exhibition, and uh, we, I drew an illustration of us in Urasawa style with Urasawa playing, you know, drum, uh, reference to a 20th Century Boys volume cover, and that art specifically because that art was used to promote the exhibit so mm. yeah i i really enjoy how that art turned out and that is one of the uh illustrations that i ended up getting printed on a t-shirt as well when i made some original podcast uh t-shirts yeah i remember like uh you wore it at anime nyc yeah. 2019 and like aiden immediately remembered like oh my god it's me on that shirt <laughs> <laughs> oh that was fun yeah um Maxi and Sakaki, I don't know if you saw, but uh, I actually linked the thumbnails in the Skype chat if you want to take a look at yes. those. Yes, uh, I, I, I wanted to say favorites, but just because I've been reminded of it, the the news roundup one for when a uh, Time Paradox Ghost Rider <laughs> was cancelled, I've just, I've got to say it again, I, I think I said it before, I, it, it's so well drawn and I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's sickening. <laughs> So the the one when it was canceled, the one where like Nanamine is like, oh damn it, it it's already canceled. 
And then <laughs> yeah, and Nakai, Nakai is Nakai like, saying, shit, we should have ripped off Ayakashi Triangle instead. They are it, it's, it, it's brilliant, but you've, like, you've totally just captured how unpleasant the guy is. Um, actual, actual favorites. Uh, the the Mujirushi one, the uh, hands down, one of my favorites that I I've ever seen. And I, hey, I mean, I I read that uh, just a short while ago, the actual comic, and so I'm really vibing with it now. The one of Jocelyn Allen for uh, the Our Dreams at Dusk episode. I, just, I think that's uh, lovingly rendered. Really, again, captures that cover style. Yeah, it's a it's a great recreation of the uh, of that cover. I uh, I really liked the 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 Pikachu ones for Love Me for Who I Am. Like there, there, there's a lot. I, I mean, I I, I don't just keep tuning horns. Uh, the, oh god, the the two Dragon Ball ones, just real, real sweet stuff, real good stuff. Oh, like there, there's you. very few that are ever like downplay or ignore. Like because there's there's been more hits than misses. Like over all of them, it it's like I really like about the show. Uh, a- actual favorite, um, am I gonna say a name wrong? Is it Anne Ishii? Yeah, yeah, uh, that that one with uh, her in the, the like against the massive background with the jumper on and that is maybe my actual favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really like the way you uh, you, you drew her uh, sweater in particular. Yeah, yeah, you can buy that sweater, like, it's really good. I oh. should pick one up. Damn, maybe, I, maybe I should buy that sweater. <laughs> Um, Sakaki, I, I know you don't, like, always listen to the podcast, but I guess just looking at the, uh, thumbnails, is there anyone that, like, sticks out to you in particular? The Sakamoto one, because that's just so clever. Cool, cooler, coolest. <laughs> I love that. Like, Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite recent ones. Yeah, I had a lot of fun recreating that text, too. That was so, that one was so cool. And of course, I can't, I can't go away without talking about the Doro Hidoro one. Like the, <laughs> that was incredible, <laughs> especially like um the the discussion we had in Discord with it, where like uh Allison or Meowth like was asking who's eating whose ass. <laughs> that <laughs> conversation was amazing. <laughs> but for sure, like the Sakamoto one was like my f- definitely hands down my favorite, just because it's so clever. It represents the series that it's kind of parodying and a series that it, it, like it's for really well. Like I got a laugh just looking at that um thumbnail. Though the drop kick on my devil one was also really good too. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good too. Jimmy-chan would kick the crap out of Joshin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I guess in terms of mine, um, so uh, you know, I was looking through all these, and I, I think a lot of the recent ones have been very good. Um, but. I, I keep I keep coming back to all the ones specifically where we just make Maxi out to be a really psychotic looking person, <laughs> like the one with the pretzel. Yeah, God. yeah, I'm very clearly deranged. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 one always makes me laugh. Um, and I also really like the one that uh, you drew for our uh, piracy discussion. Uh, again, nice. Nice shot of Maxi in the background with the with the yeah. flaming manga rock flag. <laughs> <laughs> a true revolutionary. <laughs> That's so good. Um, I'm I'm just kind of I'm just kind of looking through them here. What one more I do want to mention because I don't think it gets mentioned enough is the one that you did for episode one sixteen, where you recreated the cover of that one BL manga that we talked about on the show. 
Yeah, my boss is Goofy, so I recreated literally the boss being Goofy and the employee being Pete. <laughs> so yeah, now I want to read a BL. I want to read a BL manga. Where's our Groof Troop BL? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. That has to be drawn It has to be, but God. Okay, now, now I, I'm not even saying no because I don't want it because I'm going to want it too much. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine having like big yaoi hands, but they're like the, oh my the Disney God. style gloves? Oh, no. I mean, the closest we had is Sonic BL, which has to exist. Oh, my gosh. No, oh yeah, it for does. sure. It um, does. But but no, that that thumbnail in particular, I feel like is being criminally underrated. Quite honestly, um, mm. that one's probably secretly our best one. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I think Maxi mentioned the Dragon Ball ones. The, the, the those are amazing too. I really like those as well. I'm glad. Um, I don't know, Lum. Do you have any favorites? I mean, from my perspective, as someone who drew them, like. Some of them I look at and I see, like, flaws, and other ones I look at and remember. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, the time I spent drawing it, but it's hard because I do enjoy a lot of these and how they turned out. I am very proud of them. Is there any one that, like, you, that you, like, enjoyed working on, like, more than the other or the most, or? So, I think one of the ones I'm going to mention for sure is the Jocelyn Allen one. Because, yeah, I mean, I spent... I wanted to recreate that cover for that for our dreams of dust in that style and you know not just drawing Jocelyn but also the background instead of it being the city from that series it's Toronto oh, so okay that was a lot of I remember I put a lot of detail into trying to recreate you know the t- a Toronto kind of uh, cityscape in the background. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was one where I put a lot of detail into into it. On honestly, looking at looking at it again and kind of noticing those details, yeah, like yeah, you can you can tell that like you put in a lot of work into this. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the mistake I made is that I drew Jocelyn with the crazy earrings on boater ears when she only has them on one, and then <laughs> I noticed, and then when Jocelyn was reacting to it on Twitter. And I noticed it later that in the picture that uh, in the picture that I referenced that oh it was only on one year, but like Jocelyn was like oh no it's super cool <laughs> that you drew me with so many earlings and bow ears so I really uh, like that like I like that you know she appreciated and a lot of people seem to really enjoy it mm-hmm. and yeah I mean that's kind of what really is rewarding about the thumbnails is when people like reacted and they. They really seem to enjoy them. So another one, I think, you know, as far as like some of the earlier ones that I, I really love, I think, you know, the Heart Gear Spy Family one, just because the editor of those series found it and reacted to it. And, you know, it's like, man, this is like the first fan out of these series. It really makes me feel like, you know, these manga are truly reaching global audiences. You know, that was incredibly uh, humbling and cool to get attention from the editor of those series. So that was incredible. That was, that was really awesome, yeah. And then one of the most recent thumbnails I drew, uh, Jenny McKeon, another one where like I recreated the style of a series, this cover, uh, but transposed like a guest, the guest we had on the episode into it. Like she really appreciated that. I really enjoyed recreating Hiroshima's style, but Jenny 
really appreciate it. And then she she asked to use it as her new profile pic. And that's that's crazy. Like every time now that I scroll on my Twitter and I see like a tweet from Jenny, I see like, oh my gosh, my drawing is her profile pic. And that's that's incredibly flattering and humbling and super cool. So I think there are a lot of experiences like that where it's just, you know, people reacting to the thumbnails and like being super into them, like makes the process of drawing them uh, feel just incredibly rewarding. So I really, really uh, appreciate that. And I, I just have fun drawing these in general. And I'm glad that I'm doing them more regularly. No, yeah, I, I can tell. Um, a re- really quickly before we before we move on to the actual voted ones, uh, I really appreciate you bringing my dumb bit to life with uh, with the problematic media discussion that we had. We talked about Ralph and how I imagine him as being like an angry Barney from The Simpsons. Yeah, I basically drew a fusion of Barney and Ralph Cramden. So, yeah, <laughs> that one turned out very well, too. That's, that's pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, which ones did our uh, did our listeners vote for? Yeah, so obviously, because there's over 50 plus uh, thumbnails, uh, a lot of them got votes and we're not going to talk about all of them. The top two most voted ones, though, uh, each sharing 5% of the vote, are the thumbnails for episode 107, the Golden Comedy thumbnail, and episode 118, uh, the first of our Dragon Ball discussions, our Dragon Ball Earth perspective. So those were the top two thumbnails voted on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Golden Kamui one is super good, if not for uh, for how like you, you were able to draw, uh, capture yourself beautifully as uh, Shiraishi. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of, there are a lot of other ones with like uh, multiple votes. I guess like the runners up in terms of like being technically one vote behind. Uh, so tying for second place would be the thumbnail for Yursi Apsara. Which was basically four thumbnails in one, essentially, because I drew like four different illustrations based on like our imagining of what a Yurusei Yatsura reboot that would be kind of similar to Uzumatsu-san would be like. And then just putting all four of those ideas into one. But they, they were like four different illustrations in one. And then uh, the one for Blue Flag got uh, a lot of votes too. And the one for Burn the Witch. So another very recent one, but also one that I'm very happy that I, uh, how it came out, the Cinderella-inspired kind of take on the characters. Yeah, I mean, good choices overall, though, I think. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to get into our favorite intros and skits from the show, and there's been a lot of those over the years as well. And Colton, this is one you've taken the charge. I've done my own as well, but, you know, you've come up with some really amazing ones. Oh, why, why, thank you. It's uh, look, my, 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 my editing skits are your thumbnails, basically. That, that's uh, audio editing is, I guess, where I get the shine because I edit a lot of these podcasts. But, um, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess, uh, do you guys have any off the top of your head that you want to mention before I talk about mine? I'm pretty sure I kidnapped you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that definitely uh... one of the ones I was going to mention. I <laughs> see, I, I, I think some of my favorites. So, so some of the ones I really like working on the most are when uh when when Lum will start off with some kind of like improv or whatever and I I somehow get the inf- uh the inspiration to like make something out of that and I I I think I don't know something about that one cuz I mean that that episode in particular is just kind of one of our normal like jump start episodes or whatever um 
But I, I, I think the skit that I did for that one where Maxi kidnaps us and tries to take over the podcast, I think is the thing that like makes that episode in particular stand out amongst our Jumpstart episodes in particular. Um, like I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed doing stuff like, uh, cause I think, I think, I think, uh, Maxi at one point was joking about how like, uh, they're in every podcast and like every once in a while you'll, you'll hear them like come up for breath. And I, I took that sound bit. <laughs> I love how I took that sound bit of, uh, Maxi breathing, uh, exaggeratingly <laughs> and like, uh, put it along with like, uh, them, uh, shaking, shaking my door and like. I just have the breathe like in the background ever so faintly. Like if you listen for it, you can hear it. Like I, 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 lo- I love just taking like small things like that and just, um, I, I guess I don't know, adding to the mood of that skit in particular. I, I really enjoyed working on that one. Uh, I, I, again, uh, further accentuating how how psychotic and crazy Maxi is apparently. Which I feel bad because we we don't we don't actually think you're crazy, Maxi. But it but it is it is it is fun to portray you that way somehow. Yeah, I'm 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 not actually a, a dangerously unhinged person. I just play one. Yeah, yeah you're just a mildly <laughs> unhinged person. Yeah. Oh my god. Are we, are we are we going with the I'm not sick, just a little unwell thing? Are we doing no. that right now? <laughs> no, but Max Maxie is actually quite quite the pleasant uh human being and we love having them on. Yeah. Yes. I resent the idea of being thought of as a human being, oh, but I'll no. take pleasant. <laughs> no. Um, I guess any anything else anybody wants to mention real quick? Um, I like the Netflix Death Note uh, intro. Yeah, that one was that pretty one good was too. Fun, where yeah, it was like a fake out of like the ominous speech that we did on the regular Death Note episode, but then. <laughs> it goes it derails because this is not that story the record scratch and then just <laughs> laughing from both the just like a generic laugh track but also then lights laugh at the end of Death Note with the English dub and the Japanese version and just builds and crescendo and insanity before <laughs> going into like the audio clip of life freaking out in that Death Note Netflix movie <laughs> and then just the opening bit of the second opening of Death Note and then that song they play at the beginning of the movie but in between every clap they do I say kill me it's just it's an insane <laughs> sequence of ins- just wild like audio clips and music that one sounded like it took a lot of work yeah, yeah. sounds like <laughs> um Sakaki do you have anything you want to mention I, I don't I don't know if you've like listened to a lot of these but I'd be curious if you have. Uh, man, I don't really have one in particular. <laughs> I understand if you don't remember a lot of them. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have one in particular, but the ones that you guys are talking about all sound incredible. It makes me want to go back and listen to them. <laughs> I do remember one that involves Sakaki. Okay, what is it? The Sleepy Princess yeah, one. Yeah, the Sleepy Princess was, This one. is what I was going to yeah. say, because I, I feel like the Sleepy Princess one as well, like, we just let it keep going and going and going and, like, refuse to let it My stop. fame and Zomia just spiraling into the madness of, like, introducing. <laughs> and then Dr. Sakaki comes in yeah. with that Sunday good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, one in another one involving Sakaki that, uh, uh, that I want to mention, it's... I mean, it, it's kind of all throughout the episode, but I think um, the, the the kind of combo episode that we ended up doing where Sakaki was helping me do the news for the first portion of that episode, 
And then uh, we had another portion where Maxi Lum and I talked about uh, Hina change uh, and whatever else I forget. Um, I, I I like what I did throughout the episode where I, I I just had the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever, and I just I just had the power to edit reality like a podcast. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, no, it was Hina change and Dear Sachan. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. God, that was a while ago. Do you even remember those comics? I remember. I remember Hina change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Hina change. I still need to finish. Yeah, me too. From what I heard, you know, people are pretty positive on overall. Dear Sachan, I heard how off the rails he went, and then I read the final chapter, and like, wow, what a trash fire! Yeah. How did that get? How did that get approved? That ending. My God. Oh boy. How did that series get approved? Honestly. Yeah, one of them I'm definitely more interested in coming back to than the other. Um, but yeah, no. As far as that episode goes, again, I I really like the bit that I did where like oh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was um, I think it was when we were trying to transition from the main discussion into the ending of the podcast, and I I I made it sound like I was calling Sakaki up from him eating lunch. <laughs> So I added a bunch of foley of like him, like uh, like w- running and walking into the room or whatever. It was, I I like I like I like adding little details like that. Try to make a more immersive experience almost. So I guess for mine, my favorite of the ones I did, I think, is the Dragon Ball Super one, where I basically edited the podcast and the structure of a Dragon Ball Super episode, complete with a cold open intro, mid credits, like eye catch, and then like a commercial in between, and then like outro, NEP stuff like that. Yeah, so that was a that was a fun one to edit. And then, yeah, I do think in terms of just like the memorability of the bit, uh, Maxi kidnapping us was an incredible skit. That one's probably my favorite one. Um, but if I had to like pick another one, I'm really proud of the one that I ended up doing for our Delicious in Dungeon episode, where I, I basically just took some cave sound effects off of YouTube and uh, and basically the OST from Chrono Trigger to... Uh, to, to make a to make a very th- 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 that's one of my more like atmospheric um openings I guess that I was kind of doing around that year because I also did the same thing around with uh with uh descending stories or Shogun Roku Rakugo Shinju where I I had the music playing along with the studio audience clapping like it was supposed to be like the beginning of like a like a Rakugo story or something I'm very tempted to do that again once we like eventually come back to that series but I also want to see if I can like maybe do something a little different. I don't know. I'm still kind of thinking about that. But uh, yeah, I as far as the ones I do, like I really enjoy doing more atmospheric openings because like if I if I have like for some series, I really like to try to do I, I, I loved I love doing openings and skits that like uh, really kind of capture the atmosphere and the feel of the work that we're talking about. I haven't done as many of those lately, but when I get the inspiration for them, like I, I really try to put my all into those in particular. Um, but yeah, we should talk about uh, some of the ones that uh, our listeners voted for. Yeah, so our listeners, in terms of the ones they voted for, there were two that tied in terms of first place popularity. Those being the surprise One Piece wrap from our One Piece session, episode 36, and the Astro Lost in Space slash 2001 Space Odyssey parody uh, at the beginning of the Astro Lost episode, episode 43. So those both ranked uh, in first place, uh, each with 7.5% vote, basically. Yeah, that Astra one, again, was kind of like the the Death Note one that I did as well, where 
it's it's just Lum doing improv, uh, trying to start off the show, and I just kind of come in and really kind of try to make something more out of it. Yeah, soundtrack it. That turned out really well. And then the One Piece rap one was basically when I basically recited the entire One Piece rap when we were <laughs> we were going to begin the discussion of the One Piece uh, episode. And we were going to say, oh, what's the plot of One Piece? And then I just went into the One Piece rap. <laughs> so that was that was funny because of how unexpected it was, especially Sam's reaction to it. So, yeah. We really catch Sam off guard a lot with uh, some yeah, of these intros. The Dragon, Ball, the Dragon Ball Super one also caught him and Chris off guard. So that was also <laughs> fun. Uh, next up, there were a couple that came in uh, for second about Street Tide. There, each with about 6% of the votes. The first was uh, me badly thinking Change the World in the beginning of the Inuyasha retrospective. <laughs> and then the ominous Death Note Herald, basically, as mentioned before, like when I gave like the big uh, Death Note speech and then Colton soundtracked it with like mood music. And then uh, the Kaiju warning uh, in the Kaiju number eight discussion, one of the most recent ones. Uh, basically, again, playing off a bit, but yeah, just a uh, cool atmospheric setting the, the tone and the mood, which like in having like a kaiju-esque movie style like a uh, intro. Yeah, basically took some sound effects and then put them over the uh, theme of one of the recent uh, Godzilla movies. That was uh, that was fun. Um, yeah, no, that that Death Note one, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but that one's also one of my favorites. I, I love I love re-listening to that one. I'm also really sad that we had to edit that out of the YouTube version of the Death Note discussion yeah, on our, on YouTube. Yeah, that that sucked. That really bummed me out. But you could still listen to it on the actual episode and it's good. Like I'm in, in terms of the ones that I edited, I'm probably I'm probably the most proud of like how that one came out because that was one of those things where like uh where it, it mostly sunk up pretty well. I didn't have to do a lot of editing for that one and it just kind of worked. So it was kind of a happy accident. Yeah. I think a lot of the intros end up being like that. Like just some good music choice complements the bit very well and makes for a really great fun experience. For sure. But yeah, we should talk about uh, maybe some of our favorite guests we've had on the show. Yeah. And honestly, from our host perspective, like all the guests we have on the show are our favorites, you know? Yeah. Like we're grateful to all of them for coming on and sharing their time with us and their knowledge with us. I mean, again, for us, like we're so grateful to have like all the guests we get on and we've had so many incredible ones. So, you know, from our perspective as the host, it's like kind of hard for us to choose because we're also you know, we're grateful to everyone for coming on the show. But I am curious about you guys just from the listener's perspective. Like, what are your favorite guests that have been on the show? Hmm. God, that's tough. Would it be cheating to say Sakaki and Max? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I was gonna just say Maxi, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, some uh, rampant nepotism. Okay, yeah, but so besides <laughs> them, though, because I let, let's not count them in this situation. Um, definitely Jason Thompson. Mm. Oh man, yeah, he he was great to have on. Yeah, he's like the manga godfather for a lot of us. So mm -hmm. like that 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 was really cool, like hearing him on a podcast. 
and like getting to like learn about like all the history of Shonen Jump, and then on the Yu-Gi-Oh episode, like learning about like all the early ongoings with Yu-Gi-Oh. It was especially cool on that one too, because like Brandon was also on it, yeah, and like hearing his reactions to it too, <laughs> being a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, also Brandon, of course, because Brandon's awesome. Yeah. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess besides that, Aiden. Yeah. Oh, and Jeff. Can't forget about Jeff. <laughs> Honestly, I like so many of them. They're, I mean, again, we've had a lot of incredible guests. I just will add on to what you said about Jason Thompson. I mean, that was an incredible experience because for me, like Jason Thompson was such a formative part of me getting into manga and learning about manga. I was an avid reader of House of Tazamanka, and beyond that, of course, I read so many of the manga he'd worked on, so that was just an incredible experience and an honor to have him on the show, not only once, but twice, and I feel the same about Shane and Garrity, because I also read her blog and her writing on manga for years, in my formative years getting the manga, so yeah, in terms of, like, having people who got me into manga on the show to talk about manga, like, the, those as experiences were just incredibly memorable. Yeah, I still don't actually listen to the Saint Seiya episode that Shaden was on. Well, you haven't read Saint Seiya. Yeah, that's why I didn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to that one either because obviously I'm I'm reading Saint Seiya for the first time, but I'm I'm definitely planning on listening to it when we're done with that read through. So yeah, mm. but yeah, no, like the the fact that like Manga Mavericks has had on people that have been in the industry for long so long, like Jason and Shaden, is. Really insane. And, like, also Mari, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dr. Morimoto, I mean, that was also incredible because she doesn't do a lot of podcast appearances. And so the way we got in contact with her was just through people recommending us to her, like Jason and Erica. Just a conversation came out on Twitter, like, I think in the aftermath of our jump conversation or maybe just spontaneously uh, from another conversation then people recommended hey you know we should have mari morimoto on the show like jason suggested the idea and then erica offered to get us in contact with her and we had her on the show we got the interviewer and again that was so great because she talked about so many things that again she doesn't do a lot of interviews she doesn't appear on a lot of podcasts so there was so much awesome insights we got to learn from her about like all the manga she worked on over the course of her career and of course like some stuff about what was going on with the rose of her size release that you know people have been wondering about and because no one knew what's going on with that and mari basically told us the entire production process that was going on in terms of working on the translation and why the book was taking so long to come out so that was a huge revelation and so like to get like those kind of stories like that you know being able to share them on our show like stuff that people may not have known before that is just so incredible that we've been able to do that we've had a lot of experiences like that on the show that i, I can't even believe that we've been able to do mm-hmm. yeah hopefully we can have uh, mari back on to maybe talk about cage of eden like she i, I think she suggested that mm-hmm. yeah there, there are a ton of uh other series and topics i'd love to get pretty much all our guests on but yeah mari i would love to have her on the show again soon and like i got to meet mari in person we went to anime nyc in 2019 oh yeah, yeah she, she was, was in tomino's. tomino's interpreter so yeah i didn't get the chat with her much but it was really cool to meet her in person too oh wow um maxi or sakaki do you have any guests that you want to spotlight real quick oh, with v-lord it's really hard to like nail down somebody in particular like 
I'm just amazed at how many people that you guys get to, like, talk to on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, so we have had 65 guests over the five years of the show. Oh, what? And, yeah, and half of them, half of them we just had on the show last year. Like, last year we had about half of the guests we've ever had on the show. Uh, The amount of guests that we continue to get on the show and talk to is only growing. And has grown exponentially, honestly, in the last couple of years. Sakaka, we have to up our guest game. Yeah, we, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do something and get in touch with Ichihara, and he can come talk about Sunday with us. <laughs> we can, I'll interpret and, like, ask him. <laughs> Hit up one of the several editors that follow Yeah, I should, I should totally do that. And then also kind of kind of nudge them to send me free stuff. No, I'm not going to do that. But <laughs> um, What about you, Maxie? Um, well, I mean... I've I've managed to actually be on shows with some amazing guests who I've really enjoyed uh, interacting with, like w- with you guys, like G and Ace and Aisha and Buggy and Marion. Even like th- this has been a great platform for me to get to come on a podcast and meet other people. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's another thing I like is that. A lot of the times we invite people on the show that maybe have not interacted before, but after the podcast, you know, they continue to follow each other and interact, and that's really cool to see. Yeah, and like, favorites for episodes that I've not also been on, like, there's still a bunch, like, like again, I still think it's really cool that you've got uh, Annie, she, and Jocelyn Allen, who's like... Blog Brain versus Book has always been really good. Uh, the the big one, of course. I, I think I said it before. You guys even had it on. Like I was so pleased to hear that you had David Brothers coming on for an episode. Oh, yeah. uh, David Brothers' uh, fourth letter and his work on Comics Alliance was like formative stuff for me as a uh, as a comics reader. Like, dude taught me how to how to think smart about comics instead of just taking stuff at like the stupid face value, but also to appreciate the stupid that is good. Yeah. And oh, like yeah. so it's just it was really really cool to go and like see you guys do an episode with him now that he that well now that he's a, a manga editor, which is like that that dude's career path has been just just full of interesting stuff all along the way. Uh, and of course, having a uh, having Joey Weiser on as well. Uh, Joey's one of my favorite uh, people I interact with on Twitter. Like he's done amazing stuff for years. Like back when I was on Tumblr when I was younger, he was doing Daily Dragon Ball, and then he's gone on to do like some of my favorite all ages comics, like ever. Like Mermin's brilliant, Ghost Hog's brilliant. The the sequel to Ghost Hog that's coming out this year is going to be brilliant. So like it's it's really good. I I I never stop being impressed by the people you guys have on, and the fact that you're able to like create a relaxed enough atmosphere that I think you bring the best out of people without turning it into a really dry professional environment is uh is something that I think works really well. And it's I think it's a big part as to why you guys have such good experiences with guests. Yeah, and those good experiences get you more guests. So that, that it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling cycle yeah. there and again i'm just always impressed like even if i don't listen to everything which is bad on me i know i'm always <laughs> when i when i <laughs> but no when i look at when i see the tweets come out and i look at it, like sometimes i don't even know who the person is i'm like huh and i looked them up I'm like they got that person that did all of this 
I know people that talk to this person. <laughs> so, like, and it's always amazing to me. I mean, I've never been on, like, an episode with you guys where it's been somebody like that. But, oh, well, no, Joey. You had Joey. Yeah, Joey. Mm. You've been on two episodes oh, with Joey now. Yeah, both of the Dragon Ball episodes. True, true. Uh, yeah, I've, I, that, that, the... See, I, I hate my memory, but yeah, the yeah, I'm always <laughs> just impressed when I look up some of these people. I mean, some people I know, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing, they got that person. And some people I'm just like, I, I'm just, it, it constantly amazes me who you get on here. Oh, Caleb as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Caleb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a good guess. I can't believe I forgot. I'm forgetting about one other one. On Takahashi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no god, you did have on on. Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Such a chill dude too. Like, I I do like how like transparent On is about like how the industry operates and like getting to understand kind of a deeper understanding of like say things like creator royalties, the struggles of uh, just mangaka in general is like really kind of enlightening in a way. Yeah, it's, it's good to have people. It's like great that. whenever you have industry people on because they are. It's very rare that you have anyone who's less than frank about their position or the industry as they see it, which is like, you know, you're not deliberately doing hard-hitting journalism, but I think it's that, that, again, that chill environment, I think, allows people to go and be like, yeah, no, this is what my job's actually like, this is what the production line's actually like, like, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily get to hear from a lot of other interviews or podcasts or the like. No, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's what we endeavor to do like i try to do the research to you know see what people have talked about before and like ask them questions to like really bring out you know stuff that they might not have talked about before but would be really interesting to talk about and i think that has led to some really awesome interviews that again we've been able to talk about stuff that i don't think people could learn anywhere else so that's been incredibly rewarding yeah i mean as someone who's interviews people like Lom, I think, and Colton do such a great job, like, to a level, like, I don't think people really realize how hard it is to interview a person to the level of depth and actually, like, I guess, passionate questions that they throw at them. Yeah, I mean, we we couldn't have a three and a half hour interview with David Brothers if we didn't do the research and we weren't having a good enough time. Yeah, David was pretty cool about being on the podcast for that long which man I, I which is cool because i always feel so bad for taking up like yeah. people's I mean, it time wasn't too expected. much it wasn't expected but it just we were enjoying it i think just so much it just ended up being that way yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like when it, whenever people including me give you guys crap over the length <laughs> for your episodes like it can't be said enough that so much that just comes out of the uh the organic ease at which people fail to shut up because we <laughs> like talking yeah <laughs> like w- when you're interviewing someone especially like you can definitely tell when they're really into the conversation and when they aren't and yeah. i can't really think of a time on manga mavericks where you've had someone on for an interview and they just aren't into it because you always find that perfect niche and i'm always nervous of before every interview too because i'm like i want to have like uh conversations where you gotta keep the guests engaged but like i'm very grateful that you know so far it seems that they have enjoyed them and i think one of like the most rewarding moments was, you know, I interviewed Erica and afterwards she said, you know, this was a really great interview. You did a great job. And I was like, wow, that that was very humbling. 
Yeah, it's totally a useful thing, and I think the research plays a lot into that as well. Because, like, um, I'm trying to think what it was. I, I think it was a, the, the famous story is someone interviewing Harrison Ford, and they got a good interview out of him by talking about carpentry because they had a common <laughs> history in it. And it's like it's stuff like that. It's like uh, I think Seth MacFarlane saying when he started working with Patrick Stewart instead of talking about. Uh, Instead of talking about Star Trek and that, he was just like, man, I loved you and I, Claudius. And that just immediately, like, eased things out. Yeah. It's like having that that rarer touchstone on something that they're more passionate about than just the the obvious things, you know? Like, say, like, I'd, I'd never be able to do an episode with uh, with David Brothers because it would just turn into the Chris Farley <laughs> show, you know? Like, I'd be like, you're awesome. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned that too, Max, because I recently did an interview where, like, it was supposed to be for a very specific series, but we got more out of the interviewer, like, just by having them talk about another series that was completely unrelated. <laughs> but yeah, it's finding those right things. Like, sometimes you maybe have to work a bit on your toes, or kind of go with the flow, but really understanding how to create those meaningful conversations is like the key attribute of a amazing interviewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I just want to say I think I think all the credit goes to Lum. They are the ones who work the hardest on these interviews. Uh, I think one hundred percent. They they are way better at like handling like interview type stuff than than I am. So like it's. So I I I, I re, like I'm I'm I just want to give Lum all the credit possible because without without their help I don't think that like all the guests we've had on would be possible quite honestly so thank you I mean again that's yeah I'm just honored and humbled to have been able to talk to so many amazing people and to have such amazing conversations with them so you know I I put in the work to make that possible and I'm glad that. You know, people have responded really positively to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should talk about some of our listeners' favorite guests, because this is I thought this was interesting. Yeah, so there is a tie for first in terms of our listener favorite guests, each with 6.7% of the vote. And those two people, the two most favorite guests of Long and Mavericks, uh, according to the participants of the survey, are Joey Weiser... And Maxie Bernard! Yes! <laughs> I wouldn't oh. have guessed. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with your listeners? <laughs> Maxie, stop that. We love having Maxie. you on. And quite, quite, quite honestly, like I, I think recruiting you for Manga Mavericks was, is probably one of the best things I've ever done for this show. Mm-hmm. And I mean that too. Yeah, I'm incredibly pleased on that. Again, if it if it weren't for Manga Mavericks, uh, I would have dropped off the map in a lot of ways over the years. So, like, I very much appreciate getting to be on here and continue to be on here, and like again, again to get to go and interact with other amazing guests by like sneaking into the show frequently. So, like, I'm a hundred percent flattered. That's wow, wow. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Looking on here too, uh, Sakaki did really well. As- as well i mean oh yeah we'll we'll get to that we'll get to that we'll get to okay so we have a multiple way tie between four people uh, for the second most voted on guests so four people basically all tie with five percent of the vote share and those people are yes sakaki and as well as casey erica friedman and caleb cook i forgot that you guys had casey on that was a oh, while that ago. Was a, that was a while ago. 
Yeah. We had Casey on one episode, but still, all these years later, he remains one of our most favorite guests. To be fair, it's a really good episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, not not for nothing, but, uh, God, it, it, it was it was a very good one. Uh, it'd be really good if you could get Casey on again one oh, day. We, we have plans. Now that he's finally, we have plans. Yeah, now that he's actually finally sorting out having a computer and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a, a lot of roadblocks for that in particular, but we're we're constantly trying to find a place to have the back on. Don't you worry. Casey's like a rare Pokemon. Excellent. You have to <laughs> find the perfect time to get him. That's the thing. You you have to you know choose your moments to pull the trigger on the on the best of the best. Very true. Um, but yeah, Sakaki, how, how's it how's it feel? Why? <laughs> so, so what I'm getting from this is that Sakaki is the next Caleb Cook. No, I, no, oh my no, 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 no. I'm not saying that in a like Caleb's like uh, like I ah man, Caleb's got like a power level that I just wrangle like a worm before, <laughs> and I'm still Jay's. <laughs> like I'm sure I've said this millions of times already. I'm still amazed he recognized me in anime and let's see when I've talked to him like <laughs> twice. It, it, so great like we were at a uh uh what was it the translators like panel and it was him uh jenny mckeon yeah jenny mckeon uh, jack davison yes that yes yes brandon Ooh. bovia yeah brandon, brandon was there yeah a uh, christy christy was there yes yeah. christy and that that's that's another funny story but <laughs> um yeah so like afterwards they had the panel and everything and it all ended and like i went up to caleb and i was just like yeah you know it's i before i could even say who i was he's like oh you're sakaki from Twitter, aren't you <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what how do you know who I am? And he I think you underestimate your own clout. <laughs> I, I, what clout do I have? <laughs> a lot of people in that panel recognize you. Remember, Christy was like, "Oh, you and Jekka, you're married." Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. The- Can I get a married couple? <laughs> yeah. So okay, the whole thing with Christy is like, so I mean, anybody that doesn't follow me, uh, my girlfriend uh, Jekka and I, we make jokes about we even had this whole like thing around my birthday where we both put we were married we both put husband and wife in our twitter profiles and everybody i got a bunch of dms saying when'd you pull the trigger why didn't you tell us <laughs> so now if you go on twitter both of our handles are like not married <laughs> but uh, that that's where that lore came from but anyway christy kind of because we do that christy kind of got the idea that we're married so when i met her at nyc she was like and of course christy's a she's a sweetheart like she's always like i can't wait to meet you and i'm always wondering like why what did i do (laughs) but then you know we met and she was really happy she was like yeah you know and she was about to go into the panel but she was like okay well we'll talk later maybe you and your your wife can come have lunch with us and i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) so i had to go to check i had to go to check and tell her like so christy might think we're married so after the panel was over check was really quick to say i'm his girlfriend that's it. <laughs> <laughs> she just cuts it right there. Like, oh, no. man. I, I find it so funny with that, because I, I remember when you first did it, and I was just like, oh, what a what a cute little touch for you two to go and like, put that sort of thing in a profile. I was like, not buying into it at all. And then I saw everyone else taking it really like stone-faced seriously, and I was like, oh, this isn't just a no, normal I thing people do. I thought it was, do. too. And, like, even, and the funny thing is, like for the longest time, I did it, but Jekyll would just roll her eyes and just 
like not have any part of it. So she finally bought into it, and then that happened, <laughs> and she was like, "I immediately regret everything." <laughs> so and yeah, I mean, going even Caleb recognized Jekka too. So it was like that. That was like mm. I'll never forget that moment ever. <laughs> yeah. God, but like I don't know, I I think you undersell yourself sometimes, Bomber, because like you've been around in like a a fan translated capacity for I mean, this is gonna make it sound like I'm trying to go and call you old, but you've been around for a while and like with very much a, a, a signature sort of stuff you work on. You know, it was the Fukichi Sawasa stuff, it was Gintama, much to your chagrin, like and I think you then, by doing the, the, the Shonen Sunday stuff as well, like branching out into that and away from just doing translations all the time, and like, and, and also you actually, you put your face out there, you're a recognizable person because of that, uh, for better or worse, I'm sure I, I hate putting my face out on the internet anymore. But like, you know, you're, you're notable. Like, I mean, if people think of like fan translators who like, are more than that, or someone that, like, they can recognize, like, Bomidy Rufy gets named a lot, you know? It's like you and, you and Kuehl God, I hope he doesn't say it, Kuehl, like <laughs> like, there, there's definitely iconic people from, from you know, the history we come from, like the, the, the manga helpers era that, that you're one of. I mean, Sakaki, to, to put it in perspective really quickly, to make you feel extremely old, <laughs> I was in grade school. You know what? When That's you it. I'm done. I'm getting off the show. <laughs> That's it. No, that's it. No, it's, no, it's it's funny he says that because it's like a story I had was my sisters were also in, like I was doing translations, so for a while I wouldn't put cursing in any of them. <laughs> so if you ever go back to any, read anything I have, you'll see that there's no cursing because I was just like, yeah, I don't. If they learned that from the outside world, that's fine, but I don't want to be to blame. And then once they hit, I think that really stood out at the time as well because it was like definitely the time when people loved adding in swears where it felt appropriate and where it didn't. We see a kuso, we have to put an F word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like. But yeah, once they hit high school, I was like, oh, I'm about to go. I'm just ripped off my shirt and went for it. <laughs> I mean, in, a, in when appropriate, the are of course. Off. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that, I mean, no, that does make me feel good. Because yeah, I started, Gin, I, I mean, I, I don't remember exactly when I started Gintama, but I know I was doing Nero in 2009. So that has been a while. I was looking at it right now, and the earliest thing I found from you was October 8th. Uh, 2006 for Gintama. Wow. Okay, that that's Fif- that sounds almost about right. fifteen Be- years. God, <laughs> and, and, and and yet I've learned nothing. <laughs> Sakaki, Sakaki just withers in the dust. <laughs> it's it's God, because yeah, I remember that because I remember when the Gintama anime got announced. Like that was that had to be yeah, like 2005. Because I know it started. It aired April 2006. And I remember there was like, yeah. It, so I remember that the I read the scanlations that like I guess some other group did before Viz picked it up, and I was like, oh, why is nobody working on this? So I struggled. I was that was back when I knew no like very little Japanese. <laughs> so <laughs> was that when Maximum Seven? Yes, was doing yes, it, like, that was the group thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was them. 
because they were they were also doing Miruhito. Miruhito, that can't be right. No, Miruhito. Miru, yeah, Miru, yeah, that's which, right. Which yeah. I actually translated um, a bit of that too. God, that's a nostalgic group. They they did the Bleach volumes as well, like going back over speed scans and like doing them with volume quality stuff. That that was that was when things were really transitioning to online readers as well, and stuff really hit the fan after that. But man, what a what a time! So before we completely move on, can we talk about the next tie down? Actually, because I I think oh uh, the next uh, tier yeah the, there's a five way tie for third, which everyone in this sharing about four point two percent of the vote. So yeah, we have Josh, uh, Josh Dunham, and then Jeff Ruberg, Sam Leach, Grant Thief, and Brandon Bovia. They all are tied for a third uh, most popular guest. Grant is really interesting because we haven't had him on the show proper, but he he did help us out with some uh, with some patron stuff. Yes, and the first episode of that was released on the public feed. So yeah, I guess that's true. Have opportunity yeah. to listen to that. People see Grant and they scream. <laughs> we're we're hoping to have him on the show proper at some point. We just don't know when yet. That that's definitely in our plans. Josh, Jeff, and Sam, you know, they were on our show a lot. It's been quite a bit since we've had them on last, so hopefully we can find opportunities to invite them on again in the near future. And Brandon, of course, we had on uh three times on the show, I think. So yeah, I think you know we're gonna we continue to have opportunities to invite him on again because we enjoyed having him. Yeah, I mean Brandon's a champ. We we definitely need to have Brandon on again at some point. But Absolutely. yeah, but yeah, I I think I think out of everyone we've had on the show, though, like everyone that got the top votes are all like really good choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, again, as as hosts, we do have to say that we we of course enjoy everyone we've had on the show. And so, yeah, a um, lot of good guests all around and can't wait to have even more special guests on in the future. Yeah, our guests really make a lot of our episodes. So it's going to be interesting. Now we're going to get into the big, big categories. The favorite episode, starting off with the favorite Manga Mavericks proper episode. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to save time, we should, uh, I think we should limit ourselves to like our favorite episode if we can. Yes, yeah, so our personal favorite episode of the show, like, what is it? Uh, I mean, well, who would like to start? I mean, there's been so many over five years, again, nearly 150, so. I know it's going to be hard to choose. Just, and, and anyone want to throw one out there? It's it's the Sleepy Princess episode. I'm sorry, there, there is nothing better than a whole episode where we're trying to talk about one comic, and me and Bomber will not play ball with you oh at all. God. Just keep going off on tangents. That was so fun. It goes from being like insufferable to the funniest thing in the world, and then just straight up becomes like such a great loving for Shonen Sunday as a whole. Like, yeah, it's I think a, a true sign of how just letting people loose to like do whatever with your episodes is somehow both a curse and the best thing in the world yeah it's just that was it, it turned into a comey episode and to then into a shonen sunday episode it's just it, and then weirdly the comey episode happened and we were really well behaved <laughs> i think just like in sleepy princess there really isn't much to talk about because let's face it like it's a pretty static formula <laughs> Well, I mean, if we had more than one volume to talk about, maybe. Yeah, but like, based off that first volume alone, like, I feel like we kind of drained our thoughts pretty quickly. Uh-huh. And then it just evolved into Sakaki's usual Sunday talk. 
it's weird. I think my, my main memory of that entire episode of actually talking about Sleeping Princess is talking about something that only actually came out in the volumes very recently, which is when the cleric keeps uh, reviving the princess from going to sleep, and like at one point it just goes into English, and she's like, good morning. He's like, bad morning! <laughs> <laughs> and it, as it turns out, in just the translated editions, they just kept that without like doing anything, and it just reads like a, a complete non-gag. <laughs> oh my god. That's pretty good. Um... I mean, Sakaki. It sounds like it sounds like you agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that one. I mean, the manga fights ones too, but again, I don't oh, like we'll, thinking we'll about. We'll get to those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, that's okay, a, okay. That's okay. a different. Category. That's a different. Yeah, okay. Okay. If I were yeah. to say mine right now, um, it would probably be the first Jason Thompson one. What's the title for that? Like you can you can only meet Toriyama, Toriyama once. once. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, well, that one's great. Oh yeah, it's so good. I I loved having Jason on. J- Jason, I I didn't I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, when we had Jason on in particular, I don't think it hit me who we were having on and like the weight of that. Uh, until like the morning we had to talk to him, I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna have Jason Thompson on." Oh, that was on my mind the entire time. I, I like, think oh I think gosh. that was the most nervous I've ever been doing this podcast. Actually. <laughs> Usually other times I'm like I'm pretty I'm pretty okay, but that one like wow I was it, like it just hit me like oh this guy is like kind of responsible for us being able to read Shonen Jump at all, uh, or <laughs> yeah. at least a, like one of the most important people responsible for it anyway. Yeah, that that would be nerve wracking too. Like I I can't imagine interviewing him, and it's on my bucket list since I have a Shaman King podcast. Yeah, I mean you better have him on. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a given that I have to get him on at some point. I would like, think he'd be up for it. Yeah. Oh, he loves oh, Shaman King. Yeah, he's he will want to be on if you ask him. Yeah, but it's like also like as someone who's like interviewed like freaking Volpon, I would be more nervous to like interview Jason Thompson than Volpon. If I had to put an episode out there, and I feel bad because I I feel like I might have picked this one before, but like generally when I think of like my favorite episodes, the one that comes to my mind is our Bakuman episode. Uh, just just because I think Bakuman was one of those things where like. You know, obviously, it was a manga that I really liked uh, when I was younger, when it was running, and, you know, coming back to it 10 years later, I'm sure Lum can agree we had very, very different feelings on it, you know, now that we're older. Yeah, yeah. just just the magic of, like, having to critically examine something that you, like, let yourself go in at the time, and then when you come back to it, it's just like, oh no, this is, this is a bad situation. That is the only time, I think, during the course of this show, during these 150 episodes, where we've read something for the show that I used to enjoy that I came out of the reread not enjoying anymore. I still think there are good things in Bakuman that I legitimately enjoy, but it, it was one of those things where it's like, Man, this is way more problematic than I remembered it being. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely want you guys to read Plot <laughs> No! Just to hear you guys get LP on the docket. We are doing an episode on Platinum Men, because if anything, like, yeah. I, I think my favorite series of podcasts, besides, like, our Jumpstop podcast, I think all of them have been super great. Um, I think my favorite series of podcasts to work on besides those are the podcasts where we get to talk about anything, you know, done by that particular duo of Oba and Obata. Because our Death Note one is really good, too. I think Mm -hmm. that was one of our best early podcasts. Yeah. That was like the opposite, where it was like, oh, that note is even better than I remember. And then it's just a downward spiral yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, ever since we've done episodes on both those series, I'm I've been anxiously waiting for Platinum End to end. And now that it's over, we I don't know when yet, but we will do an episode eventually. 
Yeah. Uh, Platinum Man's ending is the most Oba thing ever. Oh, God. (laughs) I tried to read the last chapter of Platinum End after only ever having read uh, the first chapter, which, hey, when the first chapter of Platinum End came out, I had to pay 79p to read it, and I want to tell you, that's 78p too much (laughs) to read that chapter. Oh, God. I I still remember chapter 8, or chapter 9, or whatever, where one of the characters says, all ugly women must die. Oh, I'm just man. like, yeah, oh. this is a series too. This is a very much an Oba series. My God, like I appreciate like all the really good manga we've gotten to talk about, but I genuinely feel like we don't talk enough about like we don't talk enough uh, about enough trash on this show, and I, I think I think we need to do that just a bit more. I would love to do an episode where instead of just talking about like an Oba Rabasa series, we just talk about all the bad comics Abata has worked on, and then go, but he also did Hikaru Nogo, so we do like him a little. Yeah, I know, Takashi Obata as an artist is really great. He's oh yeah, for sure, for sure. He's on a lot of great series. He's just, he's just, he's just worked on some incredibly poorly written yeah. series. Yeah. Stop working with Oba yeah. and all the other <laughs> bad writers. Well, not even Oba, it was the, the guy who wrote Gakuhote, uh, the guy who wrote uh, fucking Blue Dragon, oh, yeah. uh, when he wrote for himself Cyborg G-Chan isn't great. <laughs> like, I liked uh, Gakuhote. Yeah, Gakuhote I can't wait to do a Jump Stop podcast on, because I, I had very mixed feelings on it when I when I was reading it uh, reading that week to week, and I'm interested in how I'm going to feel about it after uh, revisiting it after so long. Yeah. It, it was probably one of the better ones. I, I really want someone look, like, I, I, I'm never going to advocate uh, advocate for piracy right but the volumes aren't available online in japanese or in english i really want someone out there to like find old print copies of uh this one biopic manga that abata drew about a sumo wrestler i really want that to somehow make its way onto the internet because it's it's nowhere to be found i've never even heard of this that's interesting a prelude to Hinamaru Sumo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but, but here, Lum, I'm, I'm sure you have a favorite yeah. episode you want to mention, yeah. So, I will cheat a bit and tie, have say I'll have two, but since we all talked about one of them, the Jason Thompson interview, I won't talk too much about that, and I've also mentioned before like why that episode's special to me, is that, again, Jason Thompson, really formative influence on me, it was such a pleasure to talk to him, and again, this ties into why this and the other one I'm going to mention uh, are my favorites is that not only was that a great conversation on the podcast, but that created a conversation outside the podcast, like people listening to it and then discussing what we had talked about in it. And that just becoming a conversation outside the show that happened after the Jason Thompson podcast, where people, you know, talked about like some of the things we learned from Jason there, particularly the Saint Seiya, you know, speculation about why it was licensed. But that also was true of, the, uh, my other choice for my favorite are piracy discussion. And that had generated the most conversation outside the show out of any of our podcasts. So many people weighed in on our conversation and it really created a very interesting discussion and gave you more food to fought, taught, for a talk that we didn't even talk about in the podcast. So the conversation just evolved outside the podcast and we had so many people weigh in on it, like on Takahashi and Emma Hanashiro and Ashley and just it was great to see so much participation and just uh, a lot of people sharing it as well as just, you know, creating a new conversation about the topic because of the show. Not to blow smoke up our ass, but it was really good to go and do an episode about piracy where we actually discussed things in a 
not necessarily a balanced way, but just in a way that wasn't completely naive to the ways of the world. Because <laughs> that's weirdly rare. Like, you're either someone who's completely naive to the point of being like, oh, piracy is actually brilliant, or people being like, oh, no, it's absolutely a zero-sum game, you can't have anything to do with it. Like, it, it was it was good to find a new path somewhere between the two extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, that was just incredibly special. The fact that, you know, not only was our conversation so incredible, but the fact that, you know, inspired conversation outside the show, that to me is, like, really impactful, I think. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. I, I agree. But, yeah, I guess uh, we should take a look at some of the episodes that got the most votes. Yeah, our listeners... You know, their favorite episodes on the show over the past five years. So we have a lot of episodes, obviously, 150. Uh, a lot of them got at least one vote. So we're not going to go over, like, we haven't gone over everything in the past categories, too. But there is a four-way tie for first place, which each of these choices getting about 3% of the vote each. And those episodes are episode 7, Today, Crunchyroll, Tomorrow the World. Episode 29, One Piece has a lot of copies in print. Episode 127, Cross Manage. And episode 146, Fruits Basket. Oh, man. I I, I feel so bad that I I didn't have the time to, like, read through Fruits Basket to be able to come on that that episode in particular. But I'm, I'm sure it was a good one. Yeah, I really love the conversation I had with Ellen and Kayla, like, really digging into the themes of Fruits Basket and characters. And, you know, just that gave me the chance, finally, the opportunity, the reason to finally read through the entire manga after, you know, the anime being formative for me as a kid. So I really appreciated getting to just get a chance to experience that whole story. And it was very very impactful and a great read and a great conversation that came out of that on the podcast. So I'm glad listeners enjoyed it too, that they really enjoyed our conversation on the series. Now I'm really surprised about episode seven and 29. I admit like early episodes of the show, like especially the news focused ones are not ones I think about a whole lot. Me neither. So like I was surprised that uh, a lot of our early episodes got quite a lot of votes. Maybe because our early episodes, we, I don't know, uh, and admittedly, this is something that we don't normally have a lot of time for nowadays because we always we always have so much to talk about per episode. But like, I I feel like with the beginnings of the podcast, we, you know, since we were just kind of covering news, we we probably had more time for like, you know, s- like small talk and chit chat about whatever else we were was kind of going on with us or whatever. Uh, that probably makes those podcasts like feel a little bit more personable comparatively maybe and i mean like part of that is also because we were still trying to find like uh the format of the show we were still kind of like figuring things out for a while there i think so it was still raw and fresh (laughs) yeah i I guess you know new listeners do go back and listen to the early episodes i mean guess a lot of people still really enjoy them even though a lot of them are talking about old news but so episode seven was uh, specifically talking about Kadokawa's partnerships with Crunchyroll and Yen Press, speculation about the Death Note live action movie, and it looks like I guess there was a Q&A we answered on it, but uh, yeah, I, so this, I mean, this, going and looking at this episode, like this, 
uh, episode description is giving me a whole lot of, wow, things that have not aged well because I was very enthusiastic about the Kimmingord Orange Road Kickstarter from D&D. And it was like, wow, things that uh, precede unfortunate events right there. How naive and green I was. But uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, I guess uh, people liked the discussions we had on that episode. And then in episode 29, I guess we, you know, we talked about One Piece having 350 million copies in print at that time of recording. And otherwise, it looks like kind of a regular news episode. So I am a little surprised. There must be some funny, interesting conversational bits in this podcast that I'm just not remembering. But yeah, this was a, another surprising one that got, a, you know, a lot of what's for people's favorite episode. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say. But uh, I'm 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 glad that our crossmanage episode got some votes because th- that that's that's probably our best jump stop podcast so far. I agree. I think that Aisha and Marion, their experiences just added so much to that conversation, and it was just a really incredible discussion of that series. And I think both our Kaito episodes are among our best, and I think our listeners, based on the results of the survey, definitely agree. Gotta find a way to do that bloody strike episode, man. Gotta get the trifecta. Uh, some way, somehow. Yeah, I <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Oh man. Um, I guess do we want to move on to the next category? Yeah. Now let's talk about our fan favorite manga Mavericks Ad movies episode. Not as many episodes of Manga Mavericks and technically a year younger than manga mavericks it started in 2017 at the beginning of 2017 so it's only technically four years old but uh, we also included every episode of at movies on here at least at the time the survey came up so like 45 plus like some of the bonus uh episodes that were on the patreon that i also posted on the free feed as a sneak peek god i can't believe there are that many episodes of this podcast i, I it's just something i didn't really think about um i can start off with an easy one and just uh, list my favorite one and that's probably the one you guys did about uh, hunter hunter the last mission mm, yeah that was uh we really went into that one didn't we, we it was all zushi's <laughs> fault <laughs> oh my god the fact that we could we could utilize our zushi is the worst in joke between ourselves on this podcast was very funny it's funny for like years uh before we actually watched the movie i always said hey this movie's probably bad because zushi's in it <laughs> And then, like, literally, the reason, like, Goat and Killua are at, like, the place it where It is because happens. of Zushi. It is his fault they're yeah. even there. <laughs> the squad even happened. The, the best part, too, is, like, there's this one fight where, like, Goat decides not to kill the bad guys. His reasoning's, like, not like, oh, killing's bad. It's like, no, these are Zushi. <laughs> I have to leave them for Zushi to fight. <laughs> Oh, oh man! The variety of that movie is bad. Oh. I guess uh, Max here, Sakaki. Do, uh, do you have any favorite episodes of this one in particular? Uh, I had to think about this. Um, <laughs> I mean, definitely feel free to jump in here. <laughs> no, I, I was gonna say, uh, uh, V Lord, uh, as as the co-host of that movies, uh, do you have any favorite episodes? No, I hate all of them. Oh. <laughs> no wonder there was a stretch of the show where you weren't on them and Vic subbed in for you. Yeah, I totally wasn't busy, but no. Um, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to think here, because like, a lot of them are really good, but do we have the Rascal one on there? Yes. 
Yeah, so I, I definitely really like that one because we had Alien fun. on for that. Yeah. And I love the part where, like, you didn't understand how the movie ended. <laughs> no, I didn't. So you were <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> and then also our argument about uh, Kaede, the sister. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Alien and I both like Kaede. And, and I, thought it was I thought her subplot is a little, yeah, which Which it kind of is, but <laughs> yeah. The Death Note one is also good. Yeah. The live action Death yeah. Note one. Yeah, intro aside, the conversation about the actual movie was also very funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice combo of the Death Note manga episode and then the at movies about the Netflix movie. That was that was good. Yeah, they were a week apart. Um I I think the Netflix Death Note one might be my favorite of it, even though uh I I think I came away from that movie a very different direction mm. from you guys, if I'm remembering right. Um, I, f- I feel like I remember that. Because I, I know that the movie's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a, in a way it is. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing in certain senses. <laughs> um, I, I I sincerely thought the Netflix Death Note film was brilliant fun. Oh, it's uh, definitely fun. I <laughs> yeah, I, I think regardless of whether you think it's good or bad, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um... Oh, I just want to say real quick that uh, the episode that you guys did on Marvel's Inhumans, I thought was really good. Oh, that was um, good. That that one in particular, not to get like too super personal, but like that one came out around the time where like I had to take a hiatus from the podcast due to like family stuff, and uh, that was a very very hard time in my life around then. So uh, I think I was having an especially pretty bad day, and that that podcast made me feel a lot better because it was a very funny episode. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. That's yeah. really nice to hear. Because, boy, uh, as someone who tried to watch 40 minutes of that first episode of oh, Inhumans, God. I couldn't finish it. We paid money to see it in a theater. Oh, was such a waste of money. I don't think we even used A-list on it, because A-list probably A-list didn't exist. didn't exist then, yeah. But it was worth it because we saw it, because anytime we can have Wix on to just talk about all this comic book history and lore and how these movies slash TV shows mess it all up is very funny. That's the trick. Just or have her like... When, or when they get it right, too. Like on the Spider-Verse yeah. episode. That, that's the real trick. Just have her go on a TED Talk yeah. about, like, <laughs> everything that goes wrong. Oh my god, I wish. But I, I guess, uh, I guess, what did listeners pick? Yeah, I mean, my favorite since I haven't mentioned it, is uh, oh, yeah. The Conspiracy. I think the Dark Cops at a Ghibli Conspiracy is very funny. It started as an enjoy between me and V-Lord, uh, then just kept building, and then recorded all these podcasts of us seeing these Ghibli movies that came out during Ghibli Fest in, like, 2017? Something like that. Yeah, and then we ended up just editing all these together into one podcast <laughs> with, like, uh, building a narrative of our of us unveil, unveiling... <laughs> Hayao Miyazaki's uh, conspiracy to brainwash kids with his movies and sell them drugs. So that was it was very fun. We never finished the conspiracy either, did we? And the conspiracy is not done and being unfolded. Uh, there still must be unwinded further. And you know, we have to see Earwig and the Witch to see the next phase in Miyazaki's devilish master plan to brainwash the youth of the world. But Hayao Miyazaki doesn't even work on it. No, but yes, and his son is under the thumb of his father. But he hates his dad. (laughs) Yes, but he is forced to work 
He hates his dad because he's forced to work for his dad. Oh my god, it all makes sense now. cooperate in his evil scheme. He doesn't want to do it. So there's a message of resistance against his dad in his movies. But they still have to be a part of his evil machinations. This is so convoluted that I love it. Exactly. Exactly why I love it too. And it's very... The editing on that is also great with all the, the ominous music and the narration of like... The uh, you know in the interstitials transitioning between one part one review to the next. Also, the great part about it's like it's not just us going on the conspiracy tangent, but also actually genuinely talking about the movie and what makes them interesting and good and breaking them now dramatically and narratively and all that. So it's like the 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 part I like about it is that we're genuinely reviewing the movie as a movie and what makes it good on technical merits, and then we also. We are off into this bizarre conspiracy discussion, too. Yes. And we must continue to expose uh, Miyazaki's uh, plans in all his movies. But, yes. So, the fan-favorite episode of Monty Maxide Movies, the highest-ordered episode with 6.7% of the votes, is episode 41, Tokyo Godfathers. Mm -hmm. I could see that one. I thought that was a really great conversation on the film we had, very focused on team's characters. So yeah, I'm glad people really enjoyed it. I remember that one. That was that was real good. Yeah. Hope we can talk about more Cohen films uh, in the future. And then for second, we have a five-way tie between our One Piece Film Gold uh, review, our Your Name and Sign Voice review, episode 10, episode 32, Hunter Hunter Last Mission, episode 38, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and episode 42, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. So yeah, I can definitely see why those would be fan favorites, and I really love those conversations as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. really bothers me that everyone talks about into the Spider-Verse, but they never speak about Into the Spider-Chorus or Into the Spider-Grid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah, so the next show we're going to talk about has been a little bit on a hiatus, but we are planning to bring it back this year. We did record another episode of this that I hope to have out soon, and that's Manga Fights. So there's only a few episodes of these, you know, so pretty straightforward. But, you know, we everyone who was on the show has been on a manga fight. So what are your guys' favorite oh, one? Um, I know this one's kind of hard to talk about because I know we feel differently on this individual in particular. But I, I genuinely, like when I think back on it, I think our Toriko manga fight is genuinely pretty good. Mm-hmm. I I, re- I remember Maxi having a lot of uh, really funny banter and uh, answers for that uh, for a lot of the questions on that one. Mm-hmm. I had like handwritten notes for that one, so I was like, ready to <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> um, Sakaki, which one is your favorite? That's totally not the Yusei Matsumi uh, one because that was the only one you were uh, on. Uh, wait, I was on the was that on Demon Slayer one? You, you are on the Demon Slayer one, which one? is the next one to come out. <laughs> It's not okay. out though. It's not out though. You know why not talk about it? Why not talk about it as a special preview? Honestly, by the time this is out, that might be out. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Maybe okay, out I, was, I wasn't aware it was now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. You can talk about it. You can you can give a preview if people haven't listened to it yet. Okay, I mean, I do. I, I don't like talking about the manga fights because it's only because I <laughs> I suck at arguing. I'm just a person who will instantly fold. <laughs> like as soon as somebody says like. 
As soon as somebody raises their voice a little bit, I instantly fold, so I suck at these. And I really hate the Demon Slayer one, hate in a, in a very <laughs> lovely, in a very loving way, because I had so many good points after I was knocked out. <laughs> and yeah, then, like, you really did. And I was just like, I could think, then my, then I had no pressure, so my mind was clear, and I was able to think. <laughs> and, but, but like, during, I can never think of like, I'm that guy, who will be like five nights later after argument will will shoot up in bed and be like, well, this great comeback, and I'll be like, fuck everything. <laughs> no, I, I'm, t- I'm totally like that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I would say the Demon Slayer one is just my favorite, just because like uh, Marion and V Lord had some like really excellent points. Oh, the mm. ending of that one! It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, the ending too yeah. was amazing. <laughs> Man, you guys are making me want to listen to it. Hmm? And yeah. Oh, you should be LT soon. Yeah, I mean, I think Sakaki and Mirror were kind of taken aback at, like, how I ended up debating Demon Slayer. <laughs> oh my god. Because, like, your, this is your choice for what Pokemon Nesuko would be. <laughs> oh my god. Watch your eyes for a loop. What was my choice? I don't even remember. Do I want to spoil it here? No, no, no. Let's, let's not spoil it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's save like, it. It's, it's oh, out I'm there. Gonna to, I'm gonna have to read all of Demon Slayer <laughs> just for that. It, it's funny though, because like on DSP, I try to be like a bit less talkative because I have to do all the editing. Mm-hmm. So I, it's easier for me if like Marion and Sakaki do a lot of the conversation. <laughs> that is a smart move, actually. Yeah, don't have to edit what you don't. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, but. On that podcast, I just went all out because I'm like, okay, I'm not editing this. I'll just like go all out. I want to win. She can clip the audio, do what you can to make it a nightmare to deal with. Whips up my collar, goes into business school mode, whips out my degree. He got. He went into total argumentative breathing, and it was amazing. <laughs> Maxie, did you did you throw one out there? Um, I didn't throw one out there. But- uh, did I do two? Did I? Did yeah, I do you were on Toriko and JoJo's. I I think the Toriko one I think was funnier to do. Like I I was really pleased how it went in a lot of ways. Uh, the JoJo one I think I enjoyed more on the whole. Like it it was one I think I was definitely more invested in the uh, the victories if I could get any along the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. rather famously in both manga fights, I don't think I did very well at winning anything. <laughs> you did close in the JoJo one. I, I did come very close. Yeah, I came down to like the final question, which I think was like uh, the best useless stand. Oh yeah, and I think like you chose like man in the mirror, and I chose uh, what was it? The sun. <laughs> oh god, yeah, the the sun's perfect. I mean that. Man, I don't know. God, the the things we could manga fight about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Magnifies is fun. I, I hope to do more than this year. My personal favorite is the one that sadly not as many people have probably listened to because it was released exclusively on the Patreon just because it took a while to edit. I thought, you know, this should this should go up as a bonus. And that's the Monster Girls uh, manga fight between Vix and Ethan where they spent a month reading every Monster Girl manga available in English. And so by the time they debated on them, they were super knowledgeable and passionate. And uh, we had a lot of fun topics and conversations on Monster Girl 
manga related categories, including what Monster Girl Wheelord should be. What? <laughs> I think I just repressed this episode for my memory. <laughs> well, again, if it makes you feel better, it's a Patreon exclusive. So, yeah. hey, uh, listeners, if you want to listen to it, subscribe to uh, patreon.com slash manga mavericks. The, uh, the main thing I remember about it is like, they really did not follow the rules at all. <laughs> That's another reason like, why it's so great. I'm friends with both of them, and they argue like that in their free time. Yes. So it's just like hanging out with them normally. Oh, so good. Oh my god. I, I want to have another manga fight with them again, because they're so good at it. Just the banner. Just the passion of the beat. But yes, uh, to our the listeners' favorite manga fights episode, they're in agreement with you, Maxi, uh, by quite a majority, because 48% voted for the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga fight as their favorite. As they should, as they should. I'm I'm pretty okay with that too. That one that one's good. Mm-hmm. And the second most popular with 18.5% of the votes was uh the Inuyasha one between me and Josh, which I also really enjoyed. Yeah, that, yeah, I I haven't listened to that one in a while, but uh, yeah, that 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 one was interesting as someone who d- still hasn't read Inuyasha, hoping to fix yeah. that. You got a a lot of flack for your lack of knowledge of Inuyasha. That's the moderator on that one. I I have seen maybe one episode of Inuyasha ever, so like I I similarly was just like I don't get it, but they passionate <laughs> about it. Yeah. The mistake you made, Maxi, was trying to watch the anime. Mm. It was on Adult Swim when I was 17 visiting Disneyland. I've only seen the anime, and that's because it was on Adult Swim, so. <laughs> and I've only seen the final act either, so. <laughs> yeah, there were, like, there were conversations in that that were, like, pertinent to, like, stuff that happened in the manga that we debated about. Like, I remember, what is the most pointless detour in Inuyasha? And Josh t- said that the Shrine Rats story was like the most pointless part and then I argued that it was everything with Nico Sen and yeah I, I think I'm pretty sure I won that one I'm very uh, still confident in my choice in that because Nico Sen is the most pointless pot detour in Inyasha because they go to fight him so that Inyasha can be able to wield Dragon Skeleton Saiga without it backfiring and then it doesn't work because that just makes Inuyasha flare up into demon mode and lose control. So they have to go to another person to get training in order to find a different way in order for him to use Dragon Skill to die. Because since the entire Yusuke Sen detail was pointless and they cut it out for, from the final act for a reason. God, there are so many useless parts in Inuyasha. Like when he randomly gets the fire titsaiga. Oh my god, the fire titsaiga, which he never uses again. Even though it looks so cool. Oh my god, the entire Ginkka one. I mean, I like that story, but mostly for the background stuff of Khan and that. And I, I don't think that King and Ginkka are interesting. But yeah, that the, him getting the fire titsaiga that he never uses again was also pointless. Could have been used at least once. Yeah. I feel like I'm hearing people speaking another language. <laughs> this is. I mean. They also they cut that out of fam uh, out of the final act for a reason too. But I mean, speaking of Takahashi series, the next uh, question was favorite Lone Squad episode, which is another kind of easy one because there's only three out so far. Though the fourth one should be out by the time you're listening to this, because uh, I actually just finished editing it and we'll be posting it after finishing recording this. So. Yeah, you can uh, look forward to that. Me and ACR plan to do it monthly on a regular basis from now on. we got to schedule a plan. But yeah, the, yeah, it's three episodes so far. 
uh, talking about our experiences with the series, and this is new release, and then second episode we talked about the anime, third episode we talked about basically the first five volumes of this release. Uh, have you guys listened to this? And if so, what are your favorite episodes? I have listened to every episode, and I mean, I think my favorite one is probably the second one, just because I, I thought it was interesting to hear about the Udase Yatsura anime in particular. Uh, considering I previously tried to watch it like, oh god, over 10 years ago at this point. Um, and I wasn't super into it, but now that I've like read a bit of it, I'm I'm more interested in like watching and reading more of it. So I, I thought it was just interesting to hear about uh the anime considering I, I have I don't have a lot of experience with it. So hmm. I remember to say I've only actually finished the first episode. Um but I did like it. I didn't start episodes two and three, but I never really got through them. Um, oh, that's okay. But yeah. I mean, you still need to watch and read the series itself. Yeah, that too. That's <laughs> part of the reason why I didn't listen to it all. Right, have you guys have checked out the show? or? Um, I intend to when I've actually consumed some more Urusei Yatsura, because I've got like three of the new doubled up volumes uh, nice. on my shelf upstairs that I've been planning to start. But like my literal only exposure to the series is the uh, the BBC dub yes. of it, which is uh, <laughs> yes. oh my god, that that's got to be a topic me and AC talk about on the show. Yours, Yatsos, weird dubs. I I wish it was like a thing they actually committed to outside of it just being a, <laughs> a, like a, a goofy little segment to another show. Like they they really could have gone all out on a a full show of the BBC dub. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, but no, I fully intend to start uh, listening to Lump Squad once I have any basis or understanding, because it seems like a real good project. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean that that I'm in that same uh, same boat where like I watched the first episode and probably yeah I watched the first two and like I did want to I mean obviously I followed um, Lump Squad like I do follow it but unfortunately I haven't listened to any episodes because it's like. I do want to kind of have a little bit of background before I go into it, but from what I've what I've like watched of Urusayatsu, it seems like a lot of fun. And with the new manga coming out, that was something else I wanted to like review for WSS TV, but I don't really have anybody that can. And every time I want to do, Vlord knows this. Every time I want to do a review and I'm going to sit down and do it, then like Shaggy will drop something like, "Oh yeah, we got an interview with Ichihara here," and I'm like. Damn it. <laughs> and then, or something will come out, like an interview with, like, Takahashi, because I remember when Yashahime started, I was like, okay, I'm finally going to review things. Then it was like a whole bunch of Rumiko Takahashi interviews came out. I'm like, guess I should translate these <laughs> instead. So, like, I, I do want to, like, sit down and read that and Mason were two things I want to sit down. I started watching the Mason anime, at least. I got to, like, episode... I don't remember what episode, but I do remember it was when um, Godai's, like, grandma showed up. And it's... Uh, yeah, I got to that, and he was, like, hiding out so he could, like, pass his exams and everything. I got that far. <laughs> so, but I I haven't proceeded, I haven't gone any further from then. Both Jekka and V-Lord have both said the MA's great, so I am looking forward to it. I am. Yeah, and I'm very grateful for you translating those Takashi interviews, because those are a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> And at least we can use we can use those as an example that the distance herself from Yasha he made because she was just like exactly. <laughs> yeah I mean she makes it clear that uh, she did not have much to do with it she just 
let them do their own thing. She just did the character designs. Yeah, she did the character designs. And I mean, it is a little bit kind of worrying that she was like, I trust Sumizawa, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, maybe you should have trusted them less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least it makes it easy to write that show off. Yeah. Now we just have to I mean, wait it for does not fit into manga continuity at all with the stuff they've done in the show anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but she did straight up say, I considered Inuyasha to be complete. This was not my idea. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, yeah. Treat it as the Dragon Ball GT of this franchise. Oh, yeah. Except worse. <laughs> Except worse. Yashihime honestly is worse. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that's no I, question. I, I, unquestionably. Unfortunately, unquestionably. Uh, but my favorite episode of Lum Squad, I think, is the second episode where we talk the anime. Not just because we got to talk about, you know, the interesting production history of the anime, but also kind of got to, you know, discuss our thoughts on this whole argument in the fandom of, like, the Takahashi side of Yurisuyatsu, the Oshi side of Yurisuyatsu, you know, what are the strengths of the anime? Which side shines through the most? And also, like, the Oshi run versus the Yamazaki run and how I feel like the Yamazaki run is very underrated compared to Oshi's run and not given as much attention. And then also, I managed to have a great conversation digging into Shinobu's character arc, which is something that I am very passionate about because I do think she has the best character arc in the series. So I was glad to share tops on that too. But yeah, so for fans, basically it was pretty even in terms of favorite episode between the first and second episodes, like one vote difference between them being the most popular. But the third episode is also not that far behind. So pretty much every episode seems to be popular and well-liked by listeners. And I'm glad. I hope they continue to enjoy the show as we move back to more regular uh, releases this year. And then our final podcast favorite category is favorite special episode. And this category is for podcasts that aren't like properly numbered manga marriage episodes. So these are like one-off Q&A episodes, one-off retrospectives, uh, the and anime series, which should have only be two episodes of, the book club previews, and the one episode of On TV we've done so far. So this is a mishmash category that I, I guess, unless you have the list in front of you, you might not remember what's in here. I mean, V-Lord, you're, you're seeing the screen with me. I guess you can look through and see, share what you, which one of these is your favorite. Oh, that's easy. It's the history of Pokemon Adventures, easily. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, the conversation... Uh, you now, have... history of Pokemon Adventures or story of Pokemon Adventures? Because it's split in two. Okay, so, like, is the story one where you talked about the series? Yes. Hmm. And then the history ones you guys talked about, like... Our know. history with Pokemon. Can I just choose both, then? Yeah, because I like both. both. I mean, they were supposed to be one podcast. No, so you yeah, can only choose got, one. It got split into two because it was very long. But, yeah. Yeah. So I guess the combination of that, because I, I like hearing about, like, all your guys' backstories. Like, especially, like, uh, Vix's was very entertaining. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh, they, Vix and Ace had such great... Pokemon memories to recount. That was really fun. Yeah, we also learned about the secret lost crystal laser beam. Oh my god, yes! Ace shared that with us after the podcast. Like, her editing, like, Crystal's mom firing laser beams at her. <laughs> like an editing joke she did while she was lettering. That yeah, was so funny. Yeah, because we can't have the slap. We have to have, we the, can't have the slap. Stare. So it was like... <laughs> <laughs> instead of the edited version that Wiz did, it's, they... It, they pass off her slap as just her her mom glaring at her but then ace drew like crystal's mom 
firing laser beams from her eyes at her and that's why crystal's reacting the way she is that's why she's going. it's just so funny that image that that i did include that in the video version of uh that conversation which also we're noting uh by far our most popular youtube video by large margin with uh twenty five thousand five hundred views damn dude thousands of people have listened to it and it is you know, also easily one of our most well-liked episodes with uh, over 450 likes. So That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, um, most commented episode two with 45 comments. So a lot of people like love uh, have really responded to and enjoy that podcast. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, I mean, I could just throw this out there real quick. I, I um, out of all the mismatch of episodes here, um, I, I think our manga Mavericks and anime on Dragon Ball Super is probably my favorite out of all of these. Uh, that was a really fun discussion. I, again, I think the editing that you uh, put into that episode in particular was very well done. So, Thank you. Yeah, that was a real fun one to, do, to edit. It, it took a while to come out, but I'm glad uh, with the response it received when it did come out. And I'm still proud of the editing on that. Uh, what about you guys? I like the uh, Black Clover anime episode because any opportunity to just like be really enthusiastic about Black Clover is always really good, and it was quite a fun one. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah. Mac, uh, Sakaki, have you listened to any of these? I remember. Mm, I think I, ch- I I checked out the Dragon Ball Super one, but the one I'm actually going to go. A little, I'm going to take a different path here and say the one I want to listen to now is the World Trigger Q&A extravaganza. Because now I'm really into World Trigger, thanks to Marion. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so, like, now I'm, I'm willi- I am I'm want to gobble up as much as I can in regards to World Trigger. So, but well, yeah, hey, I did, we, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, we did a Q&A and a full series discussion, if you're ever interested. Oh, so. shoot. Okay, yeah, I need to get on those, because... Think- yeah. No, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Dragon Ball Super episode because I haven't watched Super at all. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of like my, you know, and I trust you guys' opinions, obviously. And I like hearing from what you guys would think. So it was definitely an episode that I was just like, okay. I mean, I, I'm probably not going to watch the series, but <laughs> I, let me hear what they have to say. I will say, though, the Dragon Ball episodes I was on and the project I'm doing with Colton has... I won't say rejuvenated my love for Dragon Ball, but it's gotten me interested in it again. Nice. Because I haven't actually touched Dragon Ball since, and this was said on the show, but I watched it on Toonami in high school, and that was it. I have not watched DBZ again since then. I owned a box of DVDs for the original Dragon Ball, but I haven't touched Z since basically high school. And now I'm going to make you watch everything. (laughs) (laughs) I've enjoyed all the the episodes uh, I've heard from you guys so far, and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on the series going forward, especially when you get the parts that you haven't seen before. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, my favorite, I think, is the Pokemon Adventures retrospective, because not only was that a great conversation to have about a series that I really love, with two people equally passionate about it, and of course, Ace you know, sharing fun things, you know, about them lettering the series too. Like again, that, that joke she did, joke panel she, uh, edited with Crystal's mom. That was very funny. And then of course, Vix going off on all sorts of, uh, passionate speeches about like why she hates the fire red and leaf green arc in particular. I thought it was very interesting because I like that arc, but she makes, uh, she, she raises some good points about 
you know, why she wasn't satisfied with it. But that was a really great conversation. But also, I really remember it fondly because that was the first time that after we got contacted by a publisher because of the podcast, because I guess like someone had this, you know, they, they listened to the Pokemon Adventures episode uh, and then they contacted us about sending us uh, the Pokemon Adventures art book. And then, you know, they sent it to us and both Vix and I were able to get copies. And, you know, it was really nice to, to you know, get uh, a nice gift like that because of the show. So that was very memorable. It was like the first kind of thing that we actually got in, like, contacted by a publisher uh, through the show. And thus the curse began. Yeah, and th- of course that's evolved from there for us, like, you know, working with publishers to, you know, have people on the show uh, for interviews, but also, you know, getting review copies and all that stuff. So, yeah, that that was where it all started, really, with us uh, forging professional contacts. So uh, that, that was also a very special experience uh, in my mind, too. But yeah, the fan favorite episode with 30% of the vote uh, for all our special episodes was the Inuyasha retrospective, which was great. That was, we, Lord and I recorded that celebrating Inuyasha's 28th anniversary, and we just talked about our favorite moments from the series, which are were mostly all from the last third of the series, basically, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, a lot of it was, because like that last stretch of Inuyasha, I think it is our favorite part. Yeah, it's definitely the strongest part. Like, yeah. I have said this before, Inuyasha is one of those series where, like, you can really tell Takahashi's just kind of experimenting at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's really that second half where, like, she's definitely confident with yeah. what she's doing. I think Dana 7 onward is really strong, except for that stretch in the middle of the Moriyama arc, where, again, is where that's where you get Niko Sen and Kinka and Ginka and stuff that doesn't pay off. But overall, yeah. I also still like that Moriyama section of the story. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So, again, I'm glad listeners uh, really enjoy that retrospective. One thing I will say from translating these interviews with her, and I didn't realize it until I really thought about it, is, like, she's very, very upfront about writing, like, as she goes along. Like, in every every single interview I've, like, translated her, she says that at least once. <laughs> so, uh, like, and I didn't really think about it until, like, I was translating these. I'm like, yeah, definitely now in... It's an interesting, um, of course, doing WSSTV now is an interesting phenomenon for me to follow a Takahashi series live because I've not done that. I mean, when I started the blog and the Twitter, like, Rene was just finishing up. So, like, Mal was my first time actually reading something of hers as it comes out. And you could definitely tell, yeah, it's being kind of written as she goes along. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, too, because I feel with, like, her comedies, like, it, it kind of gets hidden at times because, like... It can just come off as gag that she's just doing mm-hmm. all these random things. But then when you look at, say, Inuyasha or even Mao, like, even though Mao is more polished and so has the thing where, like, you can definitely tell she's kind of just doing it as she goes along because that's just how she's used to doing it. Yeah, at least Mao, it feels like more things were planned out into, from the beginning in terms of mysteries that have been unfolding. Oh, yeah, definitely compared to Inuyasha. In Inuyasha, like, there is not... Naraku was not planned from the beginning. Naraku doesn't show up until, like, ten volumes. <laughs> no, no, not ten volumes. <laughs> Naraku shows up in volume six. Okay, I'm well, thinking of Koga, I think. Koga, Koga was Sango doesn't show up to like, volume nine. Koga shows up in, like, volume 13-ish. I yeah, think. okay, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I think she said as I think she said as much in one of the interviews too that she didn't she had like when when it came to New York she had like a couple things in mind and not, I don't remember if Naraku was one of those. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it is just Inuyasha and Kagome for the first year of the story. 
Like, there's no hint of a villain in the background that's meant. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first, like, five volumes of Inuyasha, it's just Inuyasha and Kagome. And then it's just him on the episodic adventures. I mean, Shippo comes in in, like, volume three or whatever. No but... one cares about Shippo, though. <laughs> yeah. Even Yasha Hime doesn't, apparently, so. <laughs> 18 episodes in, and he only showed up in the first episode flashback. He's literally the Where's Waldo of Inuyasha. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I joke about this, but there were times reading Inuyasha, it was like, oh, yeah, Shippo's here. He just pops up. <laughs> and you have to look at the old panels, like, oh, there was Shippo. He was, like, right there. as a tiny dot on the back. Oh uh, it contributes so much to this story <laughs> besides being cute comically but yeah uh, Inuyasha uh, listeners really love the retrospective for that and uh, more incentive for you to listen to our tri- Rogue Trigger Q&A Sakaki second most popular special episode with 13% of the votes was the Rogue Trigger Q&A hey there you go mm-hmm. but now we're going to move on to discussing some of our listeners favorite manga merits moments which I think will be easy because, like, a, a lot of the comments that we got essentially boiled down to, I can't remember a lot of moments. There were a lot saying that, hey, everything is our favorite moment, or, you know, there, there are a lot, so I can't think of a specific one, just keep up the great work. So, yeah, but there were a few specific ones that people uh, mentioned, like, people like it whenever I call out uh, V-Lord's bad sleeping habits, <laughs> uh, people like manga fights. People like the get out of here, we lord bit. Uh, people like Vinland Saga. That's my favorite uh, manga yeah, we, moment. We've talked about Vinland Saga a lot. <laughs> uh, people enjoy people first for a uh, favorite moment. Some people have chosen specific podcasts like a uh, Lum Squad, and one person said their favorite moment was like the entire Spider Verse episode. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed the conversation about. Fruits Basket and the character backstories and every character's personal flaws. And I agree, that was really great conversation about those characters. Uh, they enjoy the Aiden talking about you know, the Yoka Urusawa exhibit. Uh, my, my favorite comment so far is in all caps, I cannot choose just one, so everything. <laughs> yeah. Also, out of all, all the comments here, and I promise I'll try to make this quick, but I do want to read this one that we got here, kind of one of the longer ones, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, so here, I'm going to read this one real quick. Uh, I'm still new to checking out the Manga Mavericks content, so if, uh, if I'm honest. Uh, so I really can't answer this all too well at most. Uh, I can really say that I enjoyed a lot of episodes that I've listened to, uh, but the ones where Caleb Cook was brought on to speak and the Stealth Symphony episode were my favorite moments. Uh, the first, because I look up to Caleb a lot, and not only is he my friend, uh, but he's a translator that inspires me to somewhat consider being a translator myself. So I appreciate Manga Mavericks in giving him a platform to speak, which I I appreciate the comment there. Uh, Caleb, the Caleb Cook interview was very good. Uh, I really I really enjoyed that one a, a lot as well. Um, but just to continue, um, the second, because Stealth Symphony is my favorite action and jump manga. And as a very huge Ryoga Narita fanboy, it's nice to see anyone talk about his works. It's even better uh, when light is shine on Stealth Symphony, since I truly felt it was a gem that wasn't meant for the world of Jump, uh, but it was daring and unique. I appreciate the hosts giving their honest thoughts on it and found myself siding with some uh, regarding specific things in the story. Um, so, again, I think Maxie and I could say that we really appreciate the feedback on the Stealth Symphony episode because... Cell uh, Symphony, I think, is like legitimately probably one of my favorite manga now. After discussing it, because it's it's legitimately like a really good like axe comic. 
every every time I've talked fresh about it, or like recently where I finally read through the uh, the volume editions, which have like amazing extras. Uh, I think it was you can't actually tip me off to that and maybe buy the whole thing because you're just like, yeah, there's extra bits in here. Oh yeah. Um, like it's it's so rewarding to revisit Stealth Symphony in a way that I think a lot of a lot of longer jump manga aren't. Like the, it manages to be that rewarding over three volumes, especially just as you see how everything was seeded to fall apart early on, like deliberately. It uh God, and the episode was so good to do it, and and I feel like if we did the episode again now, it would be somehow the same but different, like because there's so much more to think about every single time you think about it. I have thought about doing a book club read through for the Patreon for it, if 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 you happen to be up for it. That's just kind of an idea I've had. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm always game for more Stealth Symphony. I've I've reread that series so many goddamn times now, and I don't <laughs> I don't make a lot of time for rereading, so that I keep doing it with this one title is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, m- maybe we might have to revisit it for the Patreon, especially now that the volumes are out, because it, especially since like you know the volumes do have all those extras that might even like inform our opinions even more, possibly. So it it might be worth revisiting in the future. But yeah, I I just wanted to shout out that comment in particular because again, we really enjoy talking about Stell Symphony on that episode. So yeah, I really enjoyed the episode too, especially since you guys weren't super familiar with Naruto. It was interesting to see your perspective on the his writing style. Mm-hmm. Uh, other yeah, other comments from people about their favorite ones include one another comment saying they love Lum Squad. They're a fan of coverage of our of older series. Uh, whenever we do them, uh, one person wrote that they liked it when we talked about the ending of Promised Neverland. Uh, and it was you know sad that it disappointed so many people, so many fans. Uh, another person wrote that they liked it when uh, Colton you flipped out about using Monster coming to the U.S. That was like breaking news. That uh, <laughs> you know was very surprising. Yeah, that was my first time genuinely hearing that news when we recorded that, so that was that was pretty fun. Yeah. And uh, Matt from Starfruit Books, I think, wrote in the Starfruit Books episode, and yes, uh, we, we're planning to do that, Matt, uh, very soon. So we'll Matt, if you're listening, you we, we, are tr- we are trying to find a place to put and record that episode. We're working on it, we promise. Uh, but the last comment that I think kind of, you know, sums up, uh, in general... The crux of favorite moments is anytime someone is really passionate and knows the ins and outs of a series during the discussion are this person's favorite moments, and I would agree with that as well. I think those are uh, the bread and butter of the show. It's just passion, manga talk. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, thank thank you to everybody who left your comments about your favorite moments and whatnot. But uh, I guess we can go over really quickly uh, our next question. Uh, yeah, most important manga news stories in 2020 and. Uh, there were a lot of common ones, a lot of them about, you know, Demon Slayer's popularity, both as manga and movie, uh, a lot of stuff involving piracy, like Kisame getting shut down, some of the stuff in Japan about kind of new restrictions on copyright and stuff. And, you know, the the situation with Matsuki got mentioned quite a bit as, you know, a bit important story that affected people. And, yeah, otherwise, a uh, common thread between them is just people talking about, you know, interesting new manga that got licensed or, you know, things that uh, they started reading that they enjoyed. Uh, Fist of the North Star getting licensed was one that was brought up a few yeah. times. Shaman King. Uh, my my favorite news story that was brought up was uh, Ditto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and question mark. <laughs> and K. And, and all. And all of all, them, yes. And nah. 
No. <laughs> no. It's the amount of people who just couldn't remember the news. I mean, I, I think a lot of people just didn't want to think about the news within the year 2020. Yeah, that's it totally was, fair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tra- trash fire. There, there was good news, but there was also a lot of bad news, yeah. It was a mixed bag. Yeah. But uh, we also asked people what their favorite manga in 2020 were. And uh, then there were a lot of very common answers. Chainsaw Man being like one of the most common. Spy Family as well. Sakamoto Day, surprisingly, uh, more than one, I think. And which had Atelier uh, often mentioned. I think the Death Note one shot was mentioned twice. I think so. If I saw it correctly. World Trigger, more than one mentioned. Yes. For you, Marion. Oh, there's a Soso no Freiren. Yeah, someone mentioned Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would make Sakaki happy. 2021, um, it's the year of Soso no Freiren now. Someone made the correct choice of Mujirushi as well. Which, mm-hmm. Yes. And Oshinoko. Oh, and uh, definitely not for Maxi, uh, me and Roboko. <laughs> I don't remember what I put. Um, I'm pretty sure you were the one who wrote down me and Robico or boys on the run. Flip a coin on it. Yeah, no, that's me. Any any time you see the word flip a coin, it's me. <laughs> I will say it was it was definitely easy to tell which uh, answers were Maxi's, and I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God, boys on the right. It's coming out in English. Yeah. Looking uh, forward to reading. It's, it's going to be the manga of 2021. I'm telling you, boys on the right. It is. The best. We we made space on the schedule to talk about it. I am very excited about it. It got cancelled quite early <laughs> in Japan. Oh, it didn't <laughs> last in Japan. That bums me out. But, you know, it's fine. It's going to make waves. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I'm also I'm also really glad Pop Life is on there. Because Pop Life is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of uh, good choices of manga that people really enjoyed reading in 2020 and continue to be excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about patron stuff, or should we just... Uh, uh, yeah, we can just mention that we asked people what type of patron bonus pod they'd like to see more of. This was also kind of just to lead into another podcast, a Patreon series idea that we had about anime watchers, just to really gauge interest on that. And indeed, people are interested in that, because the most uh, voted on categories for Patreon bonus pods people are interested in are... Both with 18% of the vote, uh, Anime Watch Jews and Book Club. So, yeah, it looks like people are interested in the idea of Anime Watch Jews. Uh, they're also interested in series retrospectives of manga fights. So it's got 16% of the vote uh, each. So those are also interesting uh, things to consider. But, yeah. And then for Anime Watch Jews, we asked people, like, out of a list of a few choices we've been considering, like, what series they'd be interested in, in us going through. And so the three series that tied with the most votes uh, for options with each with 11.5% of the votes are Bobo Bobo Bobo, uh, City Hunter, and Pokemon. Oh god, Bobo Bobo. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Bobo Bobo was like one of the first things I thought of when it came to like watch throughs. Um, I would love to do, I, I as soon as I'm done watching Bobo Bobo in Japanese, uh, I think then I'll be ready to maybe go through the dub if we decide to do that first. I, we, we we haven't decided which one we'll do first. Like, again, this was kind of the gauge, like, what people might be the most interested in. Personally, if I if I had to pick, I'm kind of the most interested in checking out ReZero, because I haven't watched any of that, and I think that would be fun to go into blind. Oh, dude, like... I mean, that'd make Vlord very happy. 
Yeah, <laughs> Mary and Lord and I were watching it. So I I was just like you. I hadn't actually seen any of it. And then one, t- one day, I think after, I don't know if it was DSP or Oversoul, we just started watching it. And I'm actually, I really like it. So if definitely, if you're going to do something like that, I'd like to be a part of it. Because I'm basically as, I mean, I've seen a few episodes, but I'm basically blind like you are. Okay, I, I might I might have all you guys on to do that watch through with me in particular, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think um, yeah, Boba Bo, City Hunter, I'd I'd like to see too, and then Pokemon. If we do Pokemon, I might do Sun and Moon in particular because I haven't watched any of that yet, and I would really, really, really like to watch through that at oh, some point. It's so cute! It's so cute. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard a lot of good things, but yeah, hopefully we'll start that up. If not this year, hopefully by next year. Um, it kind of depends on when we uh, finish up our next uh, fin- finish up our current read through. So we'll, we'll, we'll be working on that behind the scenes. But yeah, th- thank you guys so much for uh, for giving us feedback on patron stuff in particular. Because quite honestly, we we would love to do like patron exclusive polls, but we don't have enough patrons at the moment. So uh, until until we have enough patrons to do that kind of thing, our polls are for this kind of thing are going to be. Uh, public for the time being, I think. So again, we really appreciate you guys' feedback on this in particular. Yeah. Next, we asked people uh, what guests they'd like to see on the podcast in 2021. A lot of lot of good suggestions, I will say. Yes. Uh, a couple votes for Allison slash Meowth, our good friend. Uh, people want to see Don on the show again. Uh, Hovanova, Kendra, Nick Freeman. Uh, we got one vote for Glacier Bay Books, which, now that those are digital, we should probably talk about those at some point. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly Pham, the manga letterer. Uh, an interesting suggestion was, it doesn't have to be 2021, but it'd be awesome if you get Detective Fiction scholars to Yumi Mimi Okabe as a guest. Her dissertation on boys' detective manga is absolutely amazing and incredibly readable, too. So we'll check that out for sure. Uh, people want to see another collab with David Brothers, which we might be able to do at some point. Uh, people want to see more of the chat that is Joey Weiser, which uh, <laughs> they, they will be pleasantly uh, happy uh, about future plans there. Yeah, there so many people were mentioned. Uh, we we got we had a lot. Like I said, we had a lot of good suggestions uh, that we'll uh, definitely take note of. Uh, one for Maxi. Can't imagine we'll have we'll, when we'll have them on the show. <laughs> uh, one for fruits basket, another which it's not a not on a guest. How am I supposed to have a a manga as a guest? But uh, you know what? I read fruits basket recently and I loved it. So I maybe we will make space to talk about it at some point. Someone uh, asked for Sasaki San. Ellen and Kayla on to talk about that. Oh too, man, but, so, yeah. that that would be a huge get. Um, <laughs> my my favorite suggestion so far is is uh, no opinion. I love that guy. I love their content. So. We'll definitely have them on at some point. Yeah, no mm. opinion. The goat. <laughs> <laughs> the goat. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, we'll we'll definitely take all these into consideration. Again, thank you for your feedback on that in particular. Yeah, and we also asked people what topics they'd like us to discuss on the podcast in twenty twenty one and beyond. Again, a lot of lot of good suggestions. Um, I think I, I was just thinking the other day it would be kind of cool to maybe start doing light novel discussions. I don't know when we'd get to it, but I'm that that is something I am open to. So yeah, I think we can defer to uh, V Lord and Miriam for that. 
I think one series that popped up more than once was Nana, which, you know, especially with the anime being your license, you know, I would be open to revisiting the manga because I, I really loved that in high school. So, you know, I would definitely enjoy revisiting it after a while, especially since I recently went through Paradise Kiss too. So I'm definitely in a Aizawa mood. One day I will come back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think she just called it quits on it, honestly. I've but never read Nana, but I've heard a lot of good things. So it's great. It's very good. I would definitely be up for talking about it on the show. Nana is in- incredibly good, yeah. Yeah. Takami Bachi was also one. They had more than one uh, vote. Yeah. 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 I, I, I shouldn't be that surprised. It's just... A- it's not a series you think about a lot nowadays, really, is it? I mean, it's it, it, uh, you know they mention it. It's it's on the Jump app, like it's pretty available. Like that, that feels like something we should get to at some point because I've been interested in reading that too. Do, do you feel like the author was trying to trying to like just fuck with everyone by only having the series last exactly ninety nine chapters? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Honestly. You know, honestly, when I see people get so close to a hundred chapter mark, I'm like. Man, he could have just gone to the just one more or just a couple more to get to that round hundred ish chapter mark. They don't want us to have that satisfaction. No. <laughs> I mean, Chainsaw Man uh, Part One is like that. It's like ninety seven chapters. You could have gone three more and had that clean a hundred. Yeah, we could just have uh, I don't know Genji eating Makima for three chapters. <laughs> God, <laughs> uh, I hope Chainsaw Man does actually come back. I'm so worried it's just going to do like a Zetman or a Bashari Garashi and just be like end of Part One, never oh, coming God. back. Yeah, Zetman never came back. <laughs> <laughs> it's never oh, going man. to. Um, Kasura's too busy with other projects. At least we have Astral Chain. <laughs> I guess. Uh, Astral Chain. <laughs> um, I also, I also like, uh, I'm pretty sure this is Maxi's sh- uh, suggestion where uh, they mentioned uh, they'd like to see us go over like dream manga licenses. That might make for a fun small episode at some point. Yeah, yeah, I feel that might have been me because I I keep obsessing over this stuff. Like I I recently did that uh, that wanting to launch Jump Classics line thing that like loads of people got in on. Oh like, yeah, fucking Mike Tool got involved in it. Like that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But like, uh, I also appreciate the suggestions for yes and e. <laughs> I mean, it could be level E. <laughs> oh, no, no, well, this is the thing. E is clearly level E, and yes is about roundabout, the ending song to the first series of JoJo. It's a JoJo follow-up episode. God, I, I don't remember what I I remember I, I did this, but I don't remember what I put at all. I think I'm the person that put light novels? Maybe? Just trying to get yourself more work on Manga Mavericks. <laughs> um, yeah, but again, good suggestions. Uh, and I think we can move on to final suggestions portion of the survey yeah we just generally we asked people with the survey you know any final suggestions thoughts comments criticisms for us you know for the show you know help us figure out what we're doing right and what we could improve on and uh there were a lot of interesting you know suggestions here. i mean a lot of people said just you know keep up the great work and yeah thank you guys we really appreciate you know appreciating the show and uh, enjoying us and yeah i do want to read this one uh, that says more Colton, more Colton opinion, hot take, rent, thought, let it be year of Colton. <laughs> yeah, I got a fan. 
but we also should. There's another uh, interesting comment I want to read. Uh, you know, subscribe to Wensley Dale Cheddar. Let us listen to the Duck Face Diaries, a World Trigger podcast dedicated to covering the World Trigger manga volume by volume. Ha! Now you have to read it out on the pod. Soon the gap between our subscription numbers will dwindle, and we will overtake you, our eternal rivals, in our race to become the rightful overlords of the manga podcasting world. Wait, what do you mean? More popular manga podcast exists. Curse you, McDonald! <laughs> oh I, I very much appreciate that comment, Fensley Dale. And yes, uh, we do recommend and uh, Duckface Diaries, World Trigger Podcast. They're doing a great job going through the manga volume by volume. They had uh, Chris Lagos from Weekly Manga Recap on their most recent episode, so definitely check that out. That was a really fun one. If there, if there's anybody that could rival Marion's love of World Trigger, it's definitely Wensleydale. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, for God, sure. Someone needs to get Marion. Don't sell late short. I mean, come on. I mean, they do run the Asamu fan club. I, I, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I, there are some other really interesting uh, comments though that I want to mention. Like again, to go back to the timestamps mentioned, like people do appreciate the timestamps. They're handy whenever uh, they want to skip. What I consider to be spoilers are getting back on track whenever I get interrupted or fall asleep whenever Apple Podcasts adds warranty. I keep up the good work. So, yeah, I thought they appreciate the timestamps. Uh, and there is some suggestion like, you know, uh, I know you guys haven't been uploading the YouTube channel since two months ago. So, yeah, I, I do need to get back on uploading the podcast and YouTube. So that's definitely something I hope to be regular with this year. Uh, people like vintage manga discussions, like Top discussions of uh, classic titles, uh, more bite-sized content, mainly on, you know, the YouTube, again, uh, returning to updating the YouTube. Uh, there was one comment about uh, the Discord server, which I think we should just make, like, public instead of just Patreon, because, like... I mean, probably, There's yeah. not enough people in there right now for it to be active, so I think opening it up for, like, more people to join in would be better. So we should probably just share the link again. And uh, more Lump Squad, which, again, I hope to return to doing that regularly this year as well. And uh, now do a manga giveaway, which, you know, uh, we're doing with the survey. And I guess that brings us into, like, the final question, which we're not going to spend much time on. I just ask people, like, if they win the giveaway, which volume they'd like as a prize. And uh, pretty much everything that I offered for the giveaway is something people are interested in. The most uh, they're interested in is... Totally bound Hanako-kun, so a lot of attention there. But uh, yeah, by the time you're listening to this, the giveaway winners should be contacted, and hopefully their prices will be on the way. So, I mean, again, thank you everyone for taking the survey, and, you know, for the giveaway winners, I, I hope they enjoy the books when they receive them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, seriously, guys, th- thank you so much for taking the survey. Again, it, your feedback this time around especially was uh, was very helpful in helping us uh, make some decisions about how to run the podcast moving forward. And yeah, and I guess we should also, uh, I mean, in in general, thank you to everybody who's ever like been on the podcast, everybody who's in some way contributed to the show. You know, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's just so weird to think that this show has been going on for five years and hopefully we'll go on even longer. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just wild to think of how much the show has grown again how many people we've met and talked to and it is incredibly transformative and uh, I am really just blown away by uh, where it's taken us so yeah I mean just thank you it wouldn't have been possible without 
you know, guys listening and participating. And I hope you continue to join us on this journey through the world of manga for years to come. And also, I special thanks to all of our cool friends and guests who joined us for this episode for way longer than we thought we were going to record. So thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, Long Average Curse once again in full effect. Yeah, but it's cool. We 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 all feed into the curse. It's like a spirit bomb. <laughs> and we all got to learn a little bit about the audience, including their strange, strange taste in people. <laughs> I don't get um, that at all. But all right, it's your audience. <laughs> um, but yeah, we 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 can't thank you guys enough for helping us with the show throughout the years, and uh, we're really looking forward to more episodes with you guys in the future. So, of course course it's an honor to be on like you guys are really doing great work in the world of manga i i can't overstate that thank you you guys you guys are good and you've got to keep going and to the wonderful audience that are either new or have been here from the beginning just please keep supporting these guys because i need something to do occasionally otherwise i'm just <laughs> changing my child's nappies or trying not to teach her swear words which is a stressful life <laughs> Uh, okay, but here, Maxi, we'll we'll let you go first since I know it's kind of late for you over there, over in the UK. And so, th- thank you especially for staying with us so long today. Uh, I, I've been glad for it. Again, you you guys have kept me awake till till the Royal Rumble kick off, <laughs> and now I'm immediately going to sit down, and go like, yeah, I'm going to watch an entire pay per view live, and I'm going to fall asleep five minutes in. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, you guys have set me up well for that, and thank you. You've given me the the wonderful. I, I, I sound really low energy, so it sounds insincere, but you've given me the energy to power on. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I mean, Maxi, I I know you're not doing a lot nowadays, but is there anything you want to mention at all before you uh, head out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, please check out my Twitter at Maxi the B. Uh, it's not a Sonic OC. It's just Maxi B was taken. So I thought it would be funny. And now people think I'm a furry. And that's fine because <laughs> furries are cool. They're hot. They are so hot right now. <laughs> uh, I'm mostly on there uh, doing a, a free real things, talking about comics I'm reading doing the currently reading threads where I very deliberately talk about the comics I'm reading, or I guess condemning sex criminals within the comics and manga industry because I end up doing that so much lately. It's I've got followers out of that and I've had to explain to them actually most of the time I just talk about Valiant Comics at the moment because I've I've got a lot of free PDFs from Valiant Comics <laughs> I need to be reading. <laughs> uh so so yeah, yeah if anybody I, I i don't know how long from the time recording this episode will take to go up but uh i keep a master thread of the currently reading threads now pinned to my uh, twitter profile uh the most recent one as of recording has just had me start reading uh meister by kamir kaji who's really interesting as a jump creator from an assistant chart perspective and that's it so uh it you know it's a good time football comics Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, thank you, Maxi, once again. Please, everybody, follow Maxi. And uh, yeah, uh, you can go ahead and hang up the call if you want uh, while we <laughs> finish uh, plugging our stuff if you want, Maxi. I think I shall. Well, you guys in- enjoy the last few seconds of the recording. I shall try and get 
uh, my recording stuff across to you guys shortly and keep on manga mavericking. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Maxi. Thank you. Bye, Maxi. Bye, Bye, Maxi. Good night. Boy, what a trooper. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Sakaki, do you want to plug your stuff oh, next? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, you can find me at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. It's a relic from my Bomberman days, which I, I wish weren't behind me, but Konami's not releasing anything new, so... <laughs> um, you can find me at WSS Talkback, which is for my weekly ShogakuCon edition Twitter, which is where we talk about Shonen Sunday... Shonen Sunday's to focus, but we try to focus on everything that's ShogakuCon, because they aren't helping themselves, unfortunately. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and there's also wsstalkback.blogspot.com, where we have reviews, uh, translation of interviews that I've mentioned a few times, and uh, other things, so please check those out. Um, as well as, oh yeah, I gotta do my pitch. If you're, if you're into Shonen, a ShogakuCon series, whether they're currently running and evented for years, or... You just really want to talk about something, or if you have um, any news about Shogakukan manga from across the world or whatever, we're always looking for people to um, give us a hand, because we want to spread the love all over the place. And we've actually got a French person helping us out now, which has been really cool, because there's a lot of stuff that's been licensed there that I had no idea. Um, besides that, um, with Steel Velour Thunder, I'm on Oversoul with Velour and Marion, and as well as Demon Slayer Podcast. And Colton and I are doing another, uh, another day, another adventure, which is every single Dragon Ball thing <laughs> that's animated. Yep. So every Dragon Ball cartoon ever. Yes, we're we're doing that, and that's a thing. Um, but yeah, and- which real real. I, I don't mean to totally take over, but real quick about that, I haven't had the chance to mention. Uh, for right now, that's going to be available exclusively on our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Manga Mavericks. Uh, And then eventually, once we have enough episodes on the Patreon, uh, I'll start uploading them publicly. But uh, you'll you'll hear more info about that when we get a little closer to that. But for now, that's where you can find the podcast. And I also write for Tsunami Faithful. So, yeah, I do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Everybody should go follow Sakaki and all of his things. Uh, Again, you know, we, we really appreciate the work that he puts into talking about anything Shogakukan related, especially Weekly Shonen Sunday. Um, and yeah, again, just thank you for coming on today. And, uh, and yeah, I guess, uh, V-Lord, how about you? Yeah, um, people can find me on Twitter, at VLordGTZ. Um, I'm usually on there just kind of reading manga and uh, complaining about how much work I have to do and also not sleeping. <laughs> it's It's just an endless cycle at this point. I think. I don't know. (laughs) 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 But uh, I also write manga and light novel reviews for all-comic.com. So go check out those uh, if you need a little bit of reading after listening to your manga mavericks. Um, And I also write editorial and articles for TanamiFaithful.com as well. Mostly Tanami-related stuff and uh, some occasional breaking news pieces. Uh, but they're worth a read. And then I also do quite a few podcasts. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Manga Ma- Mavericks at Movies, um, which I guess I'm technically the co-host for. Mm-hmm. And then, as Sakaki mentioned, there's the Demon Slayer podcast, 
which is on Twitter at DSlayer Podcast. Then we have Oversoul Shaman King Podcast, which is on Twitter at Shaman King Pod. And then I also have a general anime and manga podcast called the Dumb Weebs Podcast, which is on Twitter at Dumb Weebs Pod. And aside from that, um, I'm also on a good chunk of the episodes for the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Uh, so if you want to listen to me talk about Toonami and Toonami related shows, uh, you can find that at Toonami Podcast on Twitter. And yeah, that's kind of everything. So just go look at those for various updates about those podcasts and uh, maybe a certain project that may or may not uh. also involve Sakaki <laughs> in uh, the near future. If, there, if, if there's a merciful, oh boy, if there's a merciful god out there, this project will never happen. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 oh boy well i'm certainly gonna look forward to that um lum how about you you can find me at lum Ryasha on twitter it's lum Ryasha, variety pieces like amateur revelation and uh any list or there's lum Ryasha, that's where you can find me you can read my manga reviews on all that.com we got a lot of books coming in a lot of reviews going out if you like the art i do for this show you can check out my instagram at said artworks where i post all my artwork and of course, let's listen to Lum Squad and Manga Arts and Movies, but you can find those in this podcast feed, where which we will uh, let you know where to find shortly. All right, and as for me, I'm Colton. You can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. I also host a few other podcasts on the side as well, besides Manga Mavericks here, all of which you can find links to over at my personal blog at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. Uh, over there, I have a page dedicated to whatever podcast I'm doing or have done in the past. Uh, and so, yeah, if you want to listen to my other stuff, like uh, One Podcast Prevails in particular, or uh, ba- basically anything I do for the uh, for the SSA network, the Ask Backwards Anime Podcasting Network, uh, they're all listed over there. Links and all. Go over there. Again, that's at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. Uh, but as for Manga Mavericks and the podcast, uh, you can find every episode of the Manga Mavericks podcast over at allcomic.com. That's where we post every episode first. Unless you are a patron of ours at patreon.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, over there, if you sign up for the $2 tier, you'll get early access to whatever podcast we happen to have edited before, we, uh, before we're scheduled to put them up on our main feed. So if we happen to have an episode edited early, uh, we'll put it up on there first. Uh, for you guys to listen. But if you're more interested in maybe some newer content, uh, you can subscribe to our $5 feed, in which uh, you'll get access to a new monthly bonus podcast at the end of every month, as well as uh, our podcast backlog. And so, yeah, over there you'll have access to hours and hours of bonus content we've uploaded uh, over the past uh, nearly two years of our Patreon being open. Uh, right now we are doing a kind of a mini series read through podcast kind of thing called the Manga Mavericks Book Club, uh, in which uh, we are reading Saint Seiya, the original Saint Seiya manga from Masami Kuramata. And uh, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. I've been doing that uh, with my good friend, Doctor, again, from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcasting Network. It is our first time going through Saint Seiya, so we're reading it basically 100% blind. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's been a lot of fun. By the time you're listening to this, a new episode of that should be coming out soon on our Patreon. 
And again, yeah, if you want to listen to that, again, along with the backlog of a bunch of other podcasts we've uploaded over the past few years, uh, you can find those exclusively on our Patreon at patreon.com slash manga mavericks. It's really the best way to support us and the show and everything we do here. Uh, so please go over there and sign up if you're uh, if you're interested. We'd really appreciate it. And then as for everything else, you can follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. But if you want to follow Manga Mavericks specifically, you want to follow us at manga underscore mavericks or on Tumblr at mangamavericks.tumblr.com for all the latest updates on the podcast. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash manga mavericks where we post different excerpts of the podcast and maybe even some exclusive content every once in a while. Uh, again, that's at youtube.com slash Uh Email us anything at mangamavericks at gmail.com. Do you have any particular manga that you want us to talk about or any manga that you're reading that you just want to let us know about? Um, what, what, are, what are some of your favorite moments and guests and favorite who's it's and what's it's uh, from the podcast? You know, it's, just send us an email, let us know. We love getting emails, and we'll read them on the show. Again, you can send those to us at mangamavericks at gmail.com. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, or basically wherever you're listening to this, on Apple Podcasts in particular. If you leave us a rating and a review, it really helps the visibility of our show a lot. And in general, we just appreciate any feedback we get on the podcast. So, yeah, if you got a minute, you know, go ahead and do that. We'd really appreciate it. All right, but that's going to be about it for the show. Uh, this has been episode 150 of the Manga Mavericks podcast on allcomic.com. We will see you guys next time for episode 151. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Good night, everybody. Later.